0: we Podcast
1: Network. Down,
0: did it, did it, Yes! it,
2: <laughs> this is the Extra Hawk Ray Podcast, episode 134 for the week of November 7th, 2016. I am Love Toilet David T. Cole and I'm here with Charles Rocket Truther, Sarah D. Bunting. Fuck this. One A-Hole, Tara Ariano, oh, babe, and digital short, Omar Gayaga. It's my dick in the box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: welcome back after a week off do we want to talk about the week off that we took
2: yeah uh, well we didn't do an episode on that week off no we did that's not. for sure nope uh, yeah our apologies uh, t- t- uh shit just happened yeah hopefully in the fullness of time we can you know tell you the horrible story <laughs> uh, one of us lost a limb uh
1: another one gained a limb which was weird
2: <laughs> yeah know, um, it's really awkward guys yeah. <laughs> uh but we're back now and while we're uh doing this sort of thing, I will say, I think minis will be back next week as well. So yes. hopefully next week we'll be back to full power. and s- Full steam ahead. More dogs. More dogs. <laughs> shoveling in the dogs.
1: Yeah, normally we announce when we're taking a week off, but I think each of us thought the other had done it, and then people on Tuesday were like, is there an episode yeah. today? And then we were like, whoops.
2: I usually do that, so that's my bet.
1: Sorry. Anyway, enough about the past. Let's look ahead to the future, I guess, or the present of what we're doing today Which is to talk about Saturday Night Live With Omar Gayaga. Welcome back, Omar hey. Hi, Omar Yay! Thank you um, Omar, of course, Covers Saturday Night Live For us at previously.tv And I figured this would be A good one for this week Because we're recording this Of course on Election Eve And SNL is always a big A, a big part of the election coverage Every four years People, I think, that don't normally Even watch that much Might... Tune in to see the coverage of it. Omar, how do you think it has been so far this season politically?
3: Uh, I think the election stuff has been surprisingly good because I think four years ago, there weren't as many other competing humor outlets doing as much as they're doing you know it feels like they're sometimes there was one election uh i'm sorry one debate that was on a sunday night and they had to do it a sketch like the following saturday yeah and that's that's a long time and they were still able to find some good jokes in there so i feel like the political stuff has been pretty strong there you know alec baldwin as trump has been Outstanding. Kate McKinnon has been outstanding. Uh, the Bernie Sanders stuff from late last season was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they've they been pretty good this season. I mean, there hasn't been, uh, you know, th- something like uh, like the year when they had Ross Perot and George W uh, – and Georgia Bush Sr. Like, that was an amazing time to be doing election stuff. But I, I feel like if they've held their own and it's been pretty good. It, it's generally been the highlight of most of the episodes so far this season. Mm-hmm. Not always. Not this week, I didn't feel. But yeah. – um, but yeah, generally pretty good.
1: Well, let's talk about the sketch that they. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dave.
2: Counterpoint.
1: Yeah,
3: uh, I find <laughs> the political
2: political sketches this year to be of that very tired internet joke, which is how's is Game of uh, House of Cards ever gonna you know seem weird again because this election cycle has been so crazy. I feel like they were basically reenacting the debates on their skit. No, there wasn't on their sketches. There wasn't a lot different i didn't actually think they added much to what was going on well
1: sometimes they were like just verbatim yeah things from the debate because that's how insane like like, the debate
2: was so like this whole situation is so fucked up and so surreal and so movie like that i don't think they actually could add that much that was funny on top or people like like weren't ready to be having a lot of humor added to that. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's just a weird situation because people are, know that this is bonkers crazy, but they're also, they're just exasperated by the whole thing. Yeah. And I really think well, those skits is... actually brought that much into it. S- Sorry, sketches.
1: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> go ahead, go. Sarah. Um, well, to
4: Omar's point, like when I look back at the uh, Saturday night life that I never missed back in the late eighties, early nineties, and the fact that Dana Carvey's Bush one, like, Began to influence, like it was more of a takeoff on on the president. But then it started to seem like the president was like trending towards uh-huh. the <laughs> yeah. imitation more. Like he had more of a Texas <laughs> accent. He started like playing it up more. And I think he acknowledged that at some point. And um, because he was like, "This version of me is apparently fairly lovable." <laughs> yeah, but that was that was a long time ago before. The internet's and when you think about, to Omar's point, like all the different memes that are born, live and die in the time between when Trump does something outrageous and when this gets on the air, I I think their only choice is to like do a straight imitation, which I think they're like Alec Baldwin is amazing, like that lip pull down he does. I thought it was (laughs) really great. On the other hand, I seldom watch it anymore unless we're talking about it here. So.
3: I feel like Kate McKinnon has found some pockets of humor where I don't think Hillary Clinton is an easy person to to you know make jokes of like she doesn't lend herself to parody as much as Trump does, obviously. yeah, and I think Kate McKinnon has found little pockets of humor, little little mannerisms, little things that she can tweak in the, in the same way that Dana Carvey did back in the day. Like I feel like she's doing that really, really well and finding humor where you know that you're not seeing in memes and other places all over the internet
1: yeah I thought her best was um of the debate sketches was the town hall one where she did I'm gonna attempt a casual lean and then was like super stiff that that's the kind of thing that I think Kate McKinnon <laughs> yeah. has really brought to the Hillary impression because you're right she doesn't have any like strange mannerisms or even an accent particularly like I mean she kind of has a Chicago accent I guess but yeah it's it's harder to she I think she's more in the in the in the vein of like finding the essence of her as a person and sort of doing that as opposed to really caricaturing they, they, caricaturing her. They
2: didn't do all those extra primetime episodes this time around. No, either. they didn't.
4: Yeah. I I forget if they did in 2012. Although there either. was one. Wasn't there one on Saturday this past Saturday?
1: It There's one tonight, I think. But I think uh, it's I don't Monday think night. it's new. I think it uh, is it? Right, yeah, I think I it's, think it's just like know. a compilation of old stuff. It's yeah. not like when they it's had the like 9:30 on Thursday yeah, episode. Right, right, right. That was right. only in oh eight. I forget if they did that again in twenty twelve. I, yeah, I think I think
3: the Tina Tina Fey as Sarah Palin was one of them. I bet last time, yeah, or the, was that the time before that? Uh. Oh, I guess that was ten eight years ago. How time flies! <laughs> I know. My oh goodness.
1: My oh, by the way, my I should God.
2: add at this point, I'm a little bit high. <laughs> Uh, how on, time flies for Dave. On, when on he's totally legal prescription drugs.
1: The, the listeners don't need to know. Yeah, that, I think right? they do
2: because I'm already feeling like I'm <laughs> drifting. <laughs> All
1: right, let's keep it on point then. Let uh, let's talk about the uh, the episode that just aired, which is the Benedict Cumberbatch episode, the fifth episode of the season. It was really just the kind of the one sketch that was political. I, let's just do that seg segue into it with that. And Omar, in your write up, you called it cathartic. I sort of see your point, and I know what they were going for. This is It's a thing where, you know, in the cold open, it started with Trump and Clinton uh, doing their usual thing in an interview with um, supposed, supposedly Aaron Burnett from CNN, and then both of the actors just drop character because they're so sick of like being so ugly all the time, and then they go to a film segment in Times Square. So talk about what you thought of it, because I think I don't agree with you. But go ahead. I'll let you go well,
3: first. I, I did say cathartic, but I didn't mean that necessarily as funny. I see. <laughs> I, I did not think it. Uh, it was not my favorite sketch. I mean, I didn't put it as my favorite sketch of the night by yeah. far. Um, it was, just, been. I, but it, like you said, I see what they were trying to do. They were trying to kind of get some feel good uh, and tried to kind of raise us out of our bummer mood uh, yeah. as a nation um, and to the degree of whether that was successful or not. I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was cute. Um, I didn't think it was particularly funny. Um, and, you know, just going out in Times Square and hugging random people and, oh, look at this weird guy. Let me hug him anyway. It, uh, you know, it wasn't yeah. particularly strong or funny or make, making a point. It was just really trying to like, yeah, we know you're tired of all this and so are we and let's just do something out of the studio.
1: Yeah. I mean, people that I follow on Twitter were like, it made them cry. And I am a huge crier, but Mm. I was like, that really? (laughs) Like, I don't know. In the
4: sense that we're all extremely frustrated with the historically too slow (laughs) editing and pace of these sketches sometimes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like it yeah, was fine. I wasn't mad at it, but that was uh, I saw that reaction on Twitter and I was like, uh, are you sure you don't have something in your eye? Cuz
3: Yeah. Yeah. I thought like the um the, the Tom Hanks uh the the Black Jeopardy yes. sketch from a few weeks ago was way smarter, yes. way more on point and like okay, that's something I have not seen or heard before and, yes. and completely on point.
1: Yeah, I agree. That was I was think I think that was my favorite political sketch of this season, <laughs> and it didn't yeah, have any too. of the players in it. I just I agree with you 100. percent I thought it was so smart and so well done. Um, Sarah, that cold open was your first uh, your entree into this episode and the first full one that you've watched in a while. How did it make you feel about how what was uh, ahead of you for the next 90 minutes?
4: Um, well, again, I like I am a vet of Saturday Night Live, and there's a reason I don't watch it anymore um i think actually i could go back to it now that we live in an age where you can just fast forward through everything that you don't like Mm -hmm. which i did like in the 80s i guess conceivably you could do that but you needed to be like watching it so you could talk about it with your friends at church the next morning (laughs) so this was fairly typical that i was like this is funny now it's going on too long and that's kind of how i felt about a lot of the skits that it was like like i understand the logistics of Saturday night live, I read the oral history, I get it, but you know, like it's not it's not for me. Like I don't have that attention span for it anymore. Um and I felt like this episode was weird in a way that was not just me not being accustomed to watching it, like
3: it it was.
1: It, was. it, it really Thank was. You. I agree. It, it, as someone who does watch it every week, it was a weird one um the fact that that the the sketch after first of all the monologue which like enough with the songs i feel like that's such a crutch that they do and i know it's something that they particularly bust out for um hosts that are maybe not you know super a-list well-known people outside of like the art house world like with benedict cumberbatch that but i feel like the song is such a lazy device to do dave what did you think
2: uh I, I you still I, here dave I, yeah i actually to be perfect honest i was stirring at some leaves outside of my window <laughs> watching them wave back and i was forth. actually
4: doing that during the song and then i just fast forward it like,
2: uh for this the only episode that uh stuck with or uh, the episode the only sketch that stuck with me was the uh 1984 toilet <laughs> yeah. yeah which, which was
3: product place probably yeah yes.
2: the kohler uh cool toilet thing oh that that was cute mm-hmm. um but you know the issue with saturday night live and we've said this before on this program i'm not a big saturday night live guy but like the further we get into you know the the uh era of the internet and the era of like 30 second things where you know, the joke has to come very quickly or the, you know, the premise and everything. And even including like how much faster paced just regular sitcoms are now on television. When you compare it to like, you know, kind of the, uh, the JPM, the jokes per minute on Saturday night live, like sometimes Saturday night live seems like the slowest comedy on television (laughs) or at least the most drawn out. Yes. And, uh, I think last time we were talking about Keen Peel in the same episode, you're like, wow, there's just no comparison. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like gun to my head, erase Saturday Night Live or Keen Peel from existence. Easy choice, Saturday yeah, Night Live for sure. Um, and I feel like they just like, uh, like I don't know whether it's a legacy of like Lauren Michaels has just been there forever, and it's just a, you know it's a routine and it's a kind of an institutionalized system they have to write it. You know, you always hear about how they come in on a certain date, everybody does the skits and everybody throws them into the mix and, you know, and there's this paring down and blah, blah, blah. And you have to fight, you know, to get your sketches in and all that kind of stuff. Um, whereas, you know, they know they're only going to have 10 sket sketches, you know, uh, and that's it. And therefore they have to fill up so much time and they're not writing for that time. Like rare, rare is yeah. a sketch that is consistently funny that is a length that that program needs. Mm-hmm. You know, like for every David S. Pumpkin thing, which was pretty tight. Yeah, there's something towards the end of the show that goes six minutes long and has one joke in it. Yeah, and I feel like, like everything that,
4: after Weekend Update,
2: yeah,
1: because yeah. they're yeah. like
4: changing the sets. They got to go to the they got to go to the musical performance, right. which mm-hmm. like,
1: which why and is that yeah. even still yeah. thing.
2: So there's a lot of exactly. logistics involved, in why Saturday Night Live is paced the way it is. And I don't know if that's ever going to change until, like, people there change, you know? Yeah. Uh And I feel like it's just, like, sometimes just, like, it's, just, it's it's 90 minutes to invest in stuff that's, like, you know, it's got eight minutes of funny in it for me sometimes, you know? And I, I like the, that toilet sketch. And there's lots of uh, stuff historically that is very funny. hmm But <laughs> when you compare it to the mass of content they do i mean their hit rate's pretty low
1: yeah it's true yeah. i mean i i would point to that black jeopardy sketches as like as well as david s pumpkins both from the tom hanks episode which was the one before this is like being exactly the right length and that you get in and you get out at the right time like always the problem with sketch comedy in general but snl in particular because they have to do it on such a s- stupid timeline is like they just don't know how to end things and that was the other thing that was so good about the Black Jeopardy sketch, I thought, was that it was the right length. Anyway.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say with that, that Tom Hanks episode, if you looked at it at the entire entirety of that, mm-hmm. um, it was so much better than – the benedict cumberbatch episode yes um and and you know when you have someone like tom hanks who's just so naturally funny so naturally charismatic knows the format knows how to do sketches has been on the show a bunch of times like the quality is just going to be so much better Mm -hmm. and i and i like benedict cumberbatch i think he did fine i don't think anything to do with this last episode was he been on on him
1: before no that was his first time that seems so
4: strange to me but anyway sorry continue
3: I thought he was fine. I thought he did a, no, you know, what he was supposed just, to do. He was but getting the, the writing material.
4: Yeah. yeah,
3: the writing was not up to what it was like, say, for the Tom Hanks episode. And also you have that thing that happens where they've kind of front loaded the season. The debut episode of any SNL season is going to have a lot of strong sketches because they've had all summer to kind of come up with ideas. Yep. Once you get into episode four and five, it starts kind of petering out. And, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised there wasn't more election stuff in this episode, actually. I thought they would mine that a little bit more, Yeah. you know, just how crazy it is this close to the election
1: yeah I agree um, he, he's he, I was surprised actually that he committed as much as he did because sometimes when people are like quite well known like that they sort of they. F- it feels to me like they just sort of phone it in like Margot Robbie was a bit like that too although she's not as big a name as she thinks she is but anyway also <laughs> the sports guys like is there a nece- is it necessary to have baseball players in two sketches <laughs> Sarah what did that you think about that that's your, I was that's fine your with it ass. okay
4: I mean you know it's the Cubs. And sure. Anthony Rizzo can twerk, motherfucker. Like, That's true. He I was, was sort good. of like, this sketch is going on way too long. What the hell? And then um, Cumberbatch took off the hat and he had like a man bun wig <laughs> on, which I was like, all right, fine. Yeah. And then it was just going on and on, and everyone was totally about to start laughing. And then the Cubs come in, and like Dexter Fowler was totally feeling himself. <laughs> i don't know like i love baseball i run a postseason pool i've been fucking living with these people (laughs) bill murray for like a month yeah and i'm super happy for them and you could tell they were super stoked about it and um yeah i thought i thought it was fine like Mm -hmm. it's the cubs the last time they won was 1908 before electricity even basically (laughs) like i i I totally get it. It was too much, mm-hmm. but I personally was fine with it. It was sort of like, hey, Sarah, yeah. we know you never watched this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here are these dudes singing with little hats on. And then, I mean, Bill Murray, like what a perfect moment for him. And it was timely. Yeah. And I think everyone over there is probably fucking exhausted just from living in America at mm-hmm. this time in history. So I was okay with it, but I think your um, objections are legit.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually the athlete episodes are the ones that, I mean, I never skip an episode, but those are the ones, if I ever did, I would, (laughs) those are the ones I fast forward through the most grudgingly. Anyway, speaking of what we normally do on the show or highs and lows in general, let us go through the categories that we have set up for uh, a general discussion of our like uh, SNL superlatives. So Dave, why don't you start all time best political impression?
2: Uh, My favorite is Phil Hartman as Ronald Reagan, not Randy Quaid, and (laughs) the absolute best skit when he's the smartest man in the room, (laughs) where he's like the mastermind kind of like he's like, he is pretending to have a little snooze. And whenever everybody leaves his staff, he's up on his feet. All right, we're gonna do this and this and this and this. It was just like a perfect like... Cadence to the sketch, mm-hmm. and Phil Hartman is uh, like one of the funniest guys ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely my pick.
1: Good um, one, Sarah. Yes,
4: Sarah. Um, I guess Dana Carvey. Although they really mind that like too far as but, Bush or as Perot as Bush. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was just like a very familiar thing that you just saw every week. But and this was not an impression this was like an actual politician being on the show
0: mm-hmm.
4: i know we we have found out some things about this guy that we don't like but john mccain he was really funny <laughs> was so, and i've been forgiving him for some bullshit for a long time because of that sketch and him being like
1: he and like yep.
4: rubbing his fake beard on i guess it was amy poehler who <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> looked totally terrified oh my god that sketch was that so was good. A really it wasn't idea. an impression but God bless him.
1: Yep, excellent honorable mention. All right, mine is uh, Tina Fey as Sarah Palin. Um, she was basically drafted into it, even though she wasn't on the show anymore, because she did, in some senses, look like um, Sarah Palin. I still think Nia Vardalos looks more like her in the face, especially. But agree uh tina Fey really like she got all of not just her voice and her accent but also like her physical mannerisms that thing that she would do with her finger like she she really got inside that lady and if that was part of the reason that she didn't get elected on that ticket in 2008 it was one more thing we owe tina Fey a debt for. <laughs> totally omar
3: um i'm probably gonna go with dana carvey with the the bush and perot which he's been actually kind of doing the interview circuit lately uh, mm-hmm. which you know uh, talking about his uh upcoming netflix special and uh he talked about this on stern a couple days ago that apparently and i i must have forgotten this or didn't know it but apparently uh david spade was actually perot on stage you know not on camera but like kind of as the double oh
0: and
3: had and had to do the makeup and everything <laughs> poor guy um but uh but yeah that one is pretty legendary and um and going back before that i think the only one i'd have before that is as vile a human being as I think he is, uh, Chevy Chase as Gerald Ford, just <laughs> just in the sense that it kind of ushered in that whole thing of like presidential impressions that weren't impressions at all. Like had didn't look like him, didn't sound like him. It was just kind of creating an impression out of a habit or a ma- or some incident or mannerism. Like I thought that was pretty revolutionary for the time.
1: Yeah i just have to mention this before we move on i'm still mad at dan Aykroyd for not shaving his mustache when he was playing nixon in the early early <laughs> early days fucking commit dude jesus nixon does not it have was, a mustache
3: it was part of that ethos of like oh now Who we cares? don't have to look like the person we're imitating but yeah i agree totally yeah
1: agree. all right moving on dave all-time favorite sketch
2: all right well i have two so i'm gonna play one and if nobody picks the other one i'll pick it up on, at the end of the <laughs> okay thing, all right yep uh my first favorite sketch is the under, underground records. There was about three or four of them. It was Jason Sudeikis and the girl that's now a new girl whose name I forget, Parim.
1: No, Nazim Pedrad.
2: Nazim Pedrad. Thank yes. you. Uh, they're,
1: they're gathering at the Juggalos. It's basically, take yeah, <laughs>
2: take off. Here's a little bit of it.
0: because
2: <laughs> dumb stuff
1: to do like show your little ass boobs to an old guy
3: get real high and cry
1: and obviously you can have a crap off with the shark himself Greg Norman
3: oh, I hear
1: that gets gross <laughs> I ain't shy I know
3: that
2: kilo <laughs> and it goes on to, like, each <laughs> one's, like, three minutes long. Oh, and they just, are so they good. They are so funny. This, yes. Yeah. This, it's called the Under Underground Records, you know, festival. And then all those
3: crazy graphics with the bright letters and it. Yes. Oh, it's, it is pitch perfect. Yes. And the
1: recurring it, joke of ass Dan. Bobby yes. Moynihan and ass Dan. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, Sarah.
1: Beautiful choice, hit. Thank you. <clears throat>
4: um, I know it's not that funny in retrospect, but Wayne's World, like, yeah. Yes. just got so mm. much mileage out of that shit. And yep. To this day, like when someone is being really pretentious in a movie review, I'll just be like, "It was alienating and pristine."
1: <laughs> I, like hated it. I, I don't know. Like, just watch we just watched that. We watched Wayne's World last weekend. Last weekend yeah, <laughs> it
2: was um, time well spent. It, you know, it's it's still pretty funny in parts, but Garth holds up so well. Yeah, he was always my favorite part of that, and my all-time favorite Garth moment is just when he's talking to Rob Lowe, and he's kind of his eyes are going back and forth. And, we we fear change <laughs> <And> <laughs> me and my friend tammy from uh university exchanged that line so many times so many times
1: yeah Tara. good choice um with all due respect to black jeopardy which we've already talked about in this episode a lot two a-holes uh Kristen wig and jason sudeikas as the asshole couple like going to various businesses or other settings for example <laughs> two a-holes go to an ad agency was the mad men takeoff when john ham hosted the first time um they it, they there was really nothing to their characters except as soon as you saw they were like oh i've seen those assholes so many times in my life <laughs> one time i took a picture of uh two a-holes at the um lincoln plaza cinema <laughs> in uh in sync in um new york where all of the art <laughs> movies would play Dave only like, two take uh, down. yeah seriously better day <clears throat> Anyway, they uh I, I I knew that the writing was on the wall for both of those actors to leave the show like in the late uh You odds held a torch 10s. for that skit I carried to come a torch for that so skit. Long. I loved it obviously like every week that it was getting close to both of them leaving the show, I was like, They've gotta bring back two A-holes and at a certain point they just stopped doing it and my heart was broken and still is. So uh yeah, two A holes. Oh But
3: yeah, I <laughs> I, I would have liked to have had them bring that back to you. And a
1: bunch of them are uh, on, aren't aren't online either. Like it's at, at one point there was only one, I think, and I don't even think that one is on Hulu anymore. Anyway, Omar. <laughs>
3: um, my, I have a real obvious one and a really obscure one. Uh, the more cowbell with yeah. Oh, good one. That for, was on oh, my sure. wolf Will, Fer- Will Ferrell. I mean. Oh, that's so good. Perfect. Uh, the really obscure one, which I think I've mentioned in a Walking Dead recap before and, and had struggled to even find it online, was – I think Conan O'Brien wrote it. Uh, it was called Attack of the Masturbating Zombies. <laughs> Do you remember that one?
0: <laughs> no, no. This is like
3: John Lovett's era and it was about these zombies who you know would attack but they would just kind of stand there and masturbate behind bushes. <laughs> and just kind of –
1: Oh God! Wow.
3: So That's funny and weird. So funny and weird and so Conan O'Brien. Uh I I, re- I could recite lines from that all day. It's such a good sketch. Uh so wow. yeah, look that up. I have zero memory the...
1: of that. I will look that up. And it, Dave. It, uh, yeah oh, sorry It was, it was great. <laughs> and did anyone pick your, no, your second one, Dave? It, and here it is. Okay. How about
3: that, Greg? What a start. Huh? See, she's
2: gotta be careful yes. here. Oh great, now watch
1: that. Well two more strikes and she is out of there. No. No, 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 hold on, Greg. I, you know, I think you're thinking about baseball. Oh, yeah, you're probably
3: right. I do not know this game. It is an absolute mystery to me. <laughs> well, one thing that's not a mystery is the quality of Vagisil. Vagisil. I scream, you scream, we all scream for vagina cream. <laughs>
1: that was an excellent series too good choice dave oh god i love twinkle and stink sudeikis and forte together are so funny will
2: forte is the most underrated cast member of that,
1: I, w- I would agree with that argument he was very versatile and super funny the other
2: the one that never made it in because it's like I really enjoyed it but it's not like the funniest is the falconer
1: yes it's so yes.
2: stupid <laughs> like it, it's it's like MacGruber is a popular choice for me the falconer is like my MacGruber as far as like
1: what yeah that is
2: so dumb I love it
1: yeah I also love when the two of them would go on weekend update and do uh, when they were John Bovi, the opposite Bon Jovi yeah, bit. I,
2: I watched that one today too yeah <laughs> Yeah.
1: Alright, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh all time most baffling sketch can also be sketch whose popularity baffles you, Dave. Mm,
2: uh yeah, Matt Foley, the man the van oh, by the river. Okay. That was my Never honorable funny. mention. Yeah. Didn't get it. It was on, I feel like it was like uh you know the running joke on Thirty Rock where it's like this is a hundred and fourteenth show and we've done Pam <laughs> hundred and fifteen times. Yes. I feel like when uh, Chris Farley was on uh, Saturday Night Live, this skit was on every other week, and I did not find it funny.
0: All right,
1: Sarah.
4: Yeah, um, I did not. I did not love that one either. But occasionally, Farley could do something with it. Like I don't get cheeseburger, cheeseburger.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But
4: I also just don't get Belushi. Like everyone says he was a genius. I just I think you had to be there, and I wasn't, and I don't get it. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm not glad he's dead or
0: anything, I
4: just, <laughs> like,
1: Breaking. podcast I mean, glad. <laughs> is is dead. Fight me?
4: <laughs> not him. He dead.
1: That's right. Uh, I had an honorable mention from the Belushi era also, which was Blues Brothers. Why is that yeah. a sketch? It's not funny. Ugh. It's just you guys playing music and fucking around. And why was it a movie? Don't know.
4: And also, you own a whole bar, and that was a whole thing. Like, just... Put put it away. No I don't cares.
1: Know. Yes, uh, but I'm gonna say mine is sprockets, which was also a one note, um, idea that I don't know why it kept coming back, and to me was far inferior to Wayne's World in the Mike Myers pantheon, and also Lothar of the Hill People. As long as we're here, which is funnier to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Sprockets, what about uh,
2: what about the 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 sprockets Madonna short? Dumb. Okay.
1: But that wasn't that was a it was a Wayne's World.
2: Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it like, just yeah.
1: had a guy in a. It had, oh, it had Garth right. in a jumpsuit, that's like right. the Spock yeah, 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 and yeah. suit. It was probably Bye. the same costume.
3: My uh, bad, you're correct. Omar, Garth and Cat don't get it. Never got it. Started fast forwarding through those.
1: I don't even remember what Garth and Cat was.
3: It was um, what's his face, Fred Armisen and uh, 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 Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. I mean Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Wig. Kirsten Wig. Doing their their little improv <laughs> songs on Weekend Update. Uh-
1: Oh, I do like Garth and
3: Cat. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: I do not. I, I generally don't like any of the weekend update, like, skit within a skit things. Oh, I do. I think they're really more missed than hit. I know everybody loves Stefan. Yeah. he's okay. mm mm-hmm. uh, But, like, it, it seems like since, like, Adam Sandler hit it big, like, everybody wants to get their own personal project inside there is the easiest yes. way to insert it. Yes and it's the biggest fish out of water i think on that show. i mean
1: i appreciate at least when people are trying to do characters as opposed to like what they do with pete davidson and even leslie jones who i love like when they just have them come on and basically do like four minutes of their stand-up yeah. like that's not what this <laughs> is for no i will say of garth and cat though i would trade all of them for more judy grimes which was the uh, the Kristen wig travel writer character who'd like just go on weird f- flights of fancy like what if i talk like this just kidding just kidding just kidding. Um, that was uh, that was my favorite thing that she would do on weekend. It Up. seems
3: like Kate McKinnon does it has filled that slot on Weekend Update. She kind of comes in and just does like a random character, and it's always funny when yes, she does it. Yes,
1: she does. Her Olga Pavlovsky, the uh, <laughs> depressed yes. Russian woman, is very funny in that in that regard. All right,
2: uh, I'll go last on this one, just in case I have a clip that somebody else may use.
1: Okay, Sarah, all time favorite commercial parody.
4: Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a bunch of obvious ones, but Mom Jeans was like. <laughs> Good one. I feel like that <laughs> made. I feel like that. Be, it's one of those things that snl did that like it was not cutting edge exactly but like created the market for lack of a better mm-hmm. term that that was like then that term became widespread and yep. just everybody was completely committed like that one ground level shot of their butts yep. it's just like <laughs> these are professionals <laughs> like what bosses oh my god i know yeah and it's pretty short too.
3: Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah,
1: it's like that's a great one. That was on my short list too. I'm gonna say uh, my first runner up is Chonk from this season.
3: Oh. Yes, that's <laughs> so a great that one. That was
4: good,
1: <laughs> Chonk. But um, mine is also another Tina Fey one, which she wrote "Mom Jeans" as well. But it's annual. It's the, uh, the I got it. Oh yay! <laughs> How does it work? Each annual pack has 44
3: weeks of active pills instead of the usual three keeping you on a constant stream of hormones so your time of the month can be just once a year
1: that's all I have time for
3: and when it is time for your period
1: hold on to your f***ing hat (laughs) (laughs) just scenes of destruction following like scary black and white so good Uh, Similar to Mom Jeans, very, like, smart and extremely, like, specific to the female experience in, like, such a smart, relatable, recognizable way. So, yes. Uh, Omar.
3: Oh, I had a bunch for this one. But going back to the John Belushi, uh, well, uh, Little Chocolate Donuts. (laughs) A classic. (laughs) Which never, never fails to make me laugh. (laughs) And just the simple, how simple and dumb a joke it is, it it just always works on me.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, Dave, Dave okay. yours was well Annuel. mine was annual
3: too i really okay. enjoyed that one but uh
2: two honorable mentions one is one i cannot find online if you ever find it please send me a link it's for the one of the very first ones they ever did for a serial called quarry
1: oh yeah
4: it's sure just, it's
2: just a box of rocks
4: <laughs> oh i thought that was the simpsons no <laughs>
2: um and then that's the so one good is. that i thought was the funniest fucking thing when it first came on and granted i was probably in my teens or whatever you know thereabouts was one called clucking chicken oh yeah sure and and it's one it's a robert Smigel Smigel, Mm -hmm. uh short and it's basically it's just a cartoon narrating their own journey through death at clucking chicken you know, I'm drawn
1: and quartered and yep.
2: <laughs> just keeps on going until like, I'm going in your mouth now. And it, it is just like really morbid. <laughs> yeah. But in a really fascinating way, I thought that was actually pretty smart. It was pretty funny.
1: Echoed in a sideways fashion on the uh, BoJack Horseman chicken episode in season two. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the next one
2: is all time favorite uh, update anchor. Yes. Uh, I, or anchor team. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I don't think I'll be the first person to say I think Tina Fey, Amy Poehler was the strongest. I will give a personal runner up prize to Norm Mm MacDonald, who I thought (laughs) wasn't a very good anchory anchor, but was really funny in a way that Norm MacDonald really was at that time. There's something about his delivery, uh, the way um, that he could just sort of not laugh at his own joke. But, like, I don't know, somehow signify how stupid this was without having to over-explain it. No, yes. he
4: would cut his eyes off camera and be like, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I thought was really letting himself choice. well to that, even though he was not very angry.
1: Yes. And even though it was the pre-Kindle single era, there should be a Kindle single of just his O.J. Simpson <laughs> jokes. Because that was his, oh, his stock and trade at the time.
4: Yes. Uh, yes,
1: very good. Sarah.
4: Uh, now and forever, Dennis Miller. Uh-huh. Um his his star sank, the whole football thing, and then he became one of those like Adam Baldwin type conservative weirdos, maybe a little bit. Yes. But oh my god, it's such a huge crush on him back then, and he really like he was there for a while. He had that like splendiferous comedian mullet of the late eighties, and he just had like this way of like he'd read the joke, people would laugh, he'd still be just staring. People would laugh. Yep. Him more. They'd stop. And then he'd do that high pitched laugh like there's just something about it that I think maybe he was literally stalling so that they could fix some set element sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he'd just be like, <laughs> <laughs> OK, and then it's big, like swoopy signature. I don't know, like for a pretentious nerd like myself in the late 80s, he was definitely bunt nip. All
1: I right. love I love how much you love him. Um, I also picked Tina Fey But I would, I had her with Jimmy Fallon I thought they were a good team They're, I liked how they balanced each other out I thought they were good compliments to each other And my all-time favorite joke was um, She does this whole setup about a black bear And then she, they cut to Jimmy And he's like, Tina my wife is a black bear and they they have a picture, a framed picture of him like at their wedding hugging this <laughs> black bear in a veil. So stupid. But like they got away with that kind of stuff and they were also had to do it at a very hard time, which was after nine eleven in two thousand one. Um so the two of them together warm my heart and uh that is my pick, Omar.
3: Uh, I'm a Norm mcdonald guy. Uh I-, I love Dennis Miller. He was the one that I, you know, grew up watching. Um, but, um, Norm Macdonald for me, I mean, and, and also I think Jerry underrated. I don't think people look back and go, Oh yeah, he was the, the best one. I think but his jokes were always so solid mm-hmm. and sharp. And to this day I can, I can go back and watch those and, and still laugh. I think he's really, really, and still fun. Like when you see him on talk shows now, he he's tells so funny. really funny stories. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's got a, a unique comedic mind that I don't think would have been an obvious choice for that slot. And somehow kind of made it his own yeah
1: comedy central roasts are pretty bad but he is always very very funny whenever they have <laughs> him on because he'll just do like the he does stupid, anti-jokes exactly yeah. he'll do the dumbest jokes that he can possibly think of all right all-time <laughs> favorite host david T. Cole. last category yes this is our last category
2: alec baldwin yeah uh i feel yeah. like he uh is always up for pretty much anything mm-hmm uh he's he pretty has, good
1: impressionist too considering he is i mean pre-trump even
2: yeah and he has excellent comic timing which is so important you know like and you know we all know him now from 30 rock but mm-hmm. you know before he started in that you know he was on i don't know whatever six or seven times and i don't know how many other celebrities would do like that really fucked up boy scout canteen boy canteen boy skit (laughs) and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. i i i I don't remember too much of it now if i watch it now it will be squicked out as a little it's a little homophobic i'm not sure maybe um but you know to watch it at the times like i don't think anybody else would do that like you know um and i just feel like he's like you know, he's not the best person. We know that
1: (laughs) we do, but he (laughs)
2: seems to be like a really good host. You know, he's the kind of guy that will go into the writer's room and say, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Let's do it. Yep. And I think that a lot of other hosts, whether they maybe not come from a comic background, whether they're relatively new to their fame and they're getting a lot of advice on what not to do, what Mm -hmm. to be careful about that, you know, sometimes hosts end up playing it too safe Yep. and the comedy suffers as a result i never got that impression with alec baldwin on the show
1: yeah that's a great pick
3: Do you yeah. remember green hilly where he was like kissing everybody and the dog puppet yes everybody-
2: <laughs> well he also did the uh the sweaty <laughs> balls
1: yes
3: sketch yes. which yep. is, is
1: a
2: sketch which is very famous
1: yep. yep sarah
4: uh i'm gonna go with john goodman um oh nice sort of for the same reason that uh he's my favorite thing about roseanne is that Mm -hmm. he is funny um and he is like nimbler like with the physical comedy than you would expect from Mm -hmm. someone who is basically a three-bedroom
0: yeah (laughs) and you
4: always just get the sense like he is often as hanks are and as baldwin has been like and steve martin i think too um are often called upon like when something falls through at the last minute because they have done it a hundred thousand times and they'll know what to do. But you definitely get that sense from Goodman that like, he's not going to let there be a problem. Like he knows it's live TV. Dad is in charge. It's going to be cool. We're not turning the car around. Everybody chill. So yeah, I think Goodman's my favorite.
1: Well, I went with the Alec Baldwin of our generation minus being a terrible person in real life, which is John Hamm. Um, John Hamm, obviously, he's my guy. I've talked about him before as a crush object, but I, I feel like he does not get enough credit for his comic acting. Um, he does a lot of more like alternative-y stuff like the greatest television event in history, Simon & Simon credits remake, <laughs> for
0: God, example, so yeah. and
1: cameos <laughs> and stuff like Children's Hospital and Angie Tribeca and this season on Last Man on Earth and stuff and, you know, voicing a toilet on Bob's Burgers. Like, he just is, he's similar to what, as you described, Alec Baldwin, like, he doesn't care. He will do anything.
2: But he also came up Hollywood with all those people in LA that yes, do every was, podcast yes. that has to do with anybody in LA he so was like friends
1: with everyone in the alternative comedy yeah. scene in LA like he's played poker with all of them like he, so I think it comes his,
2: to him naturally for
1: sure but yeah. I feel like it, the, the, SNL is his opportunity to like show his comic talents off to such a mainstream audience that well, wouldn't was, see them, what them otherwise the sketch,
2: what was the sketch with the saxophone thing
1: uh, oh Julio something like something that, I forget. Like that yeah. I forget I can't remember the name but it's like fuck, just coming out so of funny. a yeah. <laughs> during labor yeah uh, anyway, uh, and Ham and Buble, the, uh, the ham and uh, champagne restaurant. Sergio.
3: Sergio, Sergio. Thank, you. thank
1: you. I knew it was something like that. Um, and... Uh, he, I mean, all of it. He's just great.
2: But if you actually just like seek John Ham out on a podcast, you know, Never Not Funny or Comedy Bang Bang or whatever. He's like
1: he so really, quick. Like he's funny for real. Yes.
2: Yeah. He's so dry sometimes though, too. It's like, you yeah. know, he, why I like his comedy. I feel like he splits traditional American laugh with with British laugh at. Yes. And I feel like that's like as <laughs> that's about as much British style of humor Americans can take. And he's right up to that line. Yeah. And I love it.
1: I mean, I don't wish him any kind of failure in his career, but I feel like he's not like he was obviously amazing as Don Draper, but he's I don't feel like he's necessarily that kind of leading man who's mm-hmm. going to have like a Ben Afflecky type of career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would just love him to do a really, really good, smart FX sitcom. But until he's going to he have, an, that, he's
3: have an Alec Baldwin career.
1: Probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Omar.
3: I need to go watch Ham and Bubbly. <laughs> I love that sketch. Uh, I have, I have two that I think could have easily integrated into the cast had, had in a different timeline. Uh, one is Steve Martin, yeah. who I, I feel, I, I think people forget that he wasn't a cast member, <laughs> that he was just really early on as a guest host. Yeah. Um, but he, he was so good then. And even when he hosts now, you know, it's, it's always great. You always know it's going to be a good episode. And Melissa McCarthy, who I feel yeah, like could good. have easily. Mm-hmm been a great SNL cast member, had things played out differently. Um, it's a little bit of diminishing returns, I think, the last time she was on, but the first two times she hosted were outstanding. Almost every single sketch she was fantastic in. So, yeah, I, I, I like her a lot whenever she's yeah, on. Yeah, she's
0: great.
2: Uh, all right, so those are our choices. Uh, I will have to put one rule down, which is if Steve Martin does come on Saturday Night Live, he's not allowed to bring any banjos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also yeah. we yeah, should good mention... Luck. <laughs>
1: The next episode, the first post election episode, is going to be hosted by Dave Chappelle, and I re- I loved the uh, the news cycle of this. That, like everyone I follow on Twitter being super duper excited about this on Friday, and then like on Friday morning or Saturday morning, a story came out in the Observer where he was like anti hillary clinton and saying she doesn't deserve to be on money and stuff and then everyone had to be like oh right he's crazy like this might not be great but maybe it will Or be. maybe
2: it'll be the greatest or maybe tribe it'll called be the
1: quest greatest. yay tribe called quest <laughs> and yes tribe called quest uh in support of their first album since 1998 so that's uh this saturday so check that out
4: hello everyone once again it's time for the blotter presents and actually that's not quite as awkward a segue as it usually is since dave was just talking about like some dead creature narrating it the end of its life you're welcome yep well what do you know lifetime's uh take on the john benet ramsey murder who killed john benet also has a dead creature narrating the end of its life namely John pinney herself Ooh. oh dear yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs>
0: this movie
4: <clears throat> <laughs> it wasn't my idea i i mean th- this is like and it's sort of like the only quote-unquote interesting thing in the in the movie like it has no reason to exist um doesn't really take a position on who killed John bonnet except to strongly imply in a scene that the same woman who played christy masters in Romaine michelle's high school reunion uh who is playing patsy here off john bonnet because she's performatively crying and then she stops and peeks at the detective <laughs> through her fingers like okay got it um but we don't really find out uh, the movie doesn't take a position on who killed John Bonet, except via the quote unquote acting Ooh. on display um, from which I can only conclude and did conclude on previously.tv that John Bonet Ramsey was killed by farts <laughs> horrible Bud Light hangover fought with a pork roll, egg and cheese sandwich farts that refused to dissipate. Don't think I understand why this movie exists except as a work fair program for our thespian friends north of the border since the only way it could be more canadian is if it had been filmed in the washroom of a tim hortons in banff <laughs> cast entirely with canadian tire manager of the year finalist named gordy trudeau who are wearing hockey jerseys and communicating entirely in the
2: syllable a i don't like, want to criticize but you have to you have to substitute timmins for banff i think
4: <laughs> that is fine we okay. will also accept timmins or ajax Sorry, <laughs> yeah um, yeah like please just order michelle gill not to pronounce it tomorrow the yeah. man played an american president in house <laughs> of cards not that i expected any better and i actually feel kind of um sorry for Ion bailey who i think knows yeah. exactly what, what a superfluous piece of shit he's in but he has to play it like straight so as not to be disrespectful but the most disrespectful out aspect of it is like whatever tween they got to narrate it as John Penney. like it's just completely inappropriate and wrong and boring and the fact that this came at the end of some actually fairly interesting nonfiction reporting about the case is sort of a pity so if that's sitting on your DVR delete it immediately and let us <laughs> never
2: speak of it again. Wait. You know what they could have done really to get around that whole having to hire a tween person and scar them for life is, uh you know a uh, higher uh, forever pubescent voice Yardley Smith <laughs> as Lisa Simpson
0: <laughs> narrating oh as Jean
1: <laughs> or Maria Bamford or Kristen Schaal oh. there's lots of baby voice actors out there
2: <clears throat> it is time to oh my god I'm so dizzy it is time to go around <laughs> the dial and <laughs> our first stop is my wife love my life uh-huh Tara Ariano. <laughs> Jeez. The Nailed it. is going to kill you. You, you Omar, got there you know, eventually. You know it was almost you. Okay.
1: All right. Um, so we've run out of uh, sitcoms to rewatch on streaming when uh, we're falling asleep. So I have given Dave leave to uh, start <laughs> queuing up ancient aliens. Because usually I fall asleep within like 10 minutes. So I don't really care normally. Um, and... Uh, in, except the other night we started watching one about stonehenge it was a but w- was it about stonehenge specifically uh it was like ancient monuments or yeah, something.
2: yeah right? it was it was about like yeah yeah yeah
1: so the whole thing about it was that they found this other like buried sort of like barrier around this area it's like something long there's stone
2: let, let, let me fill <sighs> you in guys God. there's stonehenge this is the one y'all know about There's a big one around Stonehenge called Woodhenge, which is just basically they found the holes of the posts. Yep. And there's another one that's sort of nearby called Superhenge, which is basically a giant trench with some buried rocks in it.
1: Right. So I got sucked into this one and started having a lot of opinions about it, mostly that all of the ancient aliens guys are fucking dumb. Because when you look at the at the at the illustrations of what they're showing, it's like, to me, it's pretty clear this is some kind of a fortress. Like the area is gigantic. And so I said this, and Dave was like, be a pretty small fortress because he thought I meant Stonehenge. Anyway, whatever. All of these guys are so... Hang on. W- what? Well, everybody...
2: What? Aliens outside of the equation. Everybody knows Stonehenge uh-huh. wasn't a fort.
1: I wasn't talking about Stonehenge.
2: Nor Woodhenge or the, any of these <sighs> I didn't say henges. either
1: of them were a fortress. I was talking about Superhenge. Don't forget Aceberry. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> first of all... <laughs> the answer to all of these questions is aliens did it of course like <laughs> there's uh, almost every episode has this oh. the the like question blah 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 Ancient alien theorists say ancient astronaut theorists say yes. Uh-huh. Uh, like that exact construction. Yes. Like ain't to the point where like ancient astronaut theorists say yes Although, should be a t shirt, like Italian girls oh. do it with Marinara or whatever the fuck. <laughs> friends of mine <laughs>
4: you know, friends of mine, Chris and Lori Harvinist, really? who may be listening to this uh, podcast right now. Hi yes. guys. Um like whenever someone just asks a question and then there's like The silence in the conversation one of them will be like ancient alien theorists say yes including questions about the menu like do you guys have any of that paella left
2: (laughs) ancient aliens say yes yeah I'm stealing that sorry
1: anyway so I mean I've mostly fallen asleep in every other one that has tried to screen Uh. for me I think including the rumors like who made the moon it's like what the fuck kind of question is that it's the moon no one made it
2: Tara, the moon is hollow and it contains a giant alien civilization of watchers that... Uh, watch over us for reasons unknown. Seems like a boring job, but, you know, whatever.
1: I will say this, the do one wait, thing... Is I have to
2: ask. Do you okay. enjoy how seriously I pretend to take it when you <laughs> Yes, say I do, okay. because
1: usually there'll be some preposterous thing, and I'll look over at Dave, and he'll just be like smiling and nodding like an <laughs> idiot. It's like <laughs> pretending he believes it. I, I, I will say uh, it was a good setup, or a good um, backgrounder for People of Earth, which we'll be discussing later in the segment in terms of uh, defining the three concepts kinds of aliens that people mm. generally say they have been visited by have if they've had by. alien experiences um and i will also say that although this is not my particular jam it is great for falling asleep and if there were a show like this that were all about illuminati symbol symbology i would be all about it oh there
2: are I mean, there's conspiracy shows and so
1: i know like but if there was there like-
2: is one about Aliens yes. and, and, the the Stone and the illuminati and oh, Illuminati. Of
1: course there is. There's, oh, a, yeah, there's, there's a, a
2: Knights
4: Templar where ancient aliens. Yeah,
1: Dave, this show is in its 11th season. Yeah. There have been episodes that are like aliens and candles. Yeah. <laughs> aliens and lawnmowers. <laughs> like it's aliens and every possible thing you can think of. Uh-huh. It's like everything. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I, you're, watching what,
2: it, what you're what you're not saying is half the fun yes. is meeting all the Talking Heads.
1: Oh, the Talking Heads are <sighs> superb. They're they're all. It's like the worst um, Tinder matches you could ever see.
2: No, <laughs> every Talking so Head in that show.
1: Looking. Only
2: goal in life is to save up enough money for a mail order bride. Yep, that is all they're in it for, guys. Yeah. And, uh, and occasionally Damn. they'll have
1: like a real scientist talking about real science stuff, and I always wonder like, yeah. what did the producers tell them they were here to talk about? And then they found out like three months later, I was on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> what? Yeah. They just told me it was a History <laughs> Channel. Yeah. Anyway, um, my <laughs> what I'm saying about the Illuminati is, you remember that site I used to be obsessed with, Vigilant Citizen? Yeah. That I wrote that story about for the yep. All. Mm-hmm. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, if there was a Vigilant Citizen show, I would be so about it. It's not even. Funny. well I tell like, you
2: uh Netflix at least a year ago had a treasure trove of those kind of shows yeah just sort of like mysteries of society kind of stuff right uh you know everything from sort of where Dan Brown got all that Holy Grail bullshit from. Sure. And, and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to guess that those shows exist for you and I will be happy to find them for you.
1: Thank you. Okay. That would be awesome. I, I need a deep dive into the Denver International Airport and all those crazy <laughs> fucking murals. All right. What's your plug? <laughs> all right. Uh, coming this week, right. um, the day after the election to help us all come down and celebrate and, and, uh, <laughs> and remember there are good things in the world. Uh, Laura Waters is doing another Law and Order Supercut What's that, you say? Another garment that's appeared in multiple episodes? Yes. But what garment is it? Stay tuned. Come back on Wednesday morning, and uh, it will be live on the site.
2: All right. Omar, your turn.
3: Well, if you have a Blu-ray player, as I do, uh, you probably at some point bought Planet Earth. To watch on it because it was absolutely gorgeous and amazing and it was something you would show on your hgtv to wow uh anyone that didn't have an hgtv <laughs> and be like haha look at that sucker um well planet earth 2 is upon us uh it has already started airing in england on bbc i believe uh starting sunday night i think and it's going to be on bbc america on january 28th this is a six part series david attenborough is in it um they've got islands mountains jungles deserts grasslands and i think for the different from last time cities they're actually going to be showing cities Ooh, right. uh, which is interesting um so the big deal with this one is that i mean they used drones this time and did you know uh, covered new species that didn't exist when they did the first series, and also it's going to be in 4K, which I'm I don't know how that's going to work exactly because my B- my BBC America is not in 4K, so I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, but it will probably be available somewhere for streaming in that higher quality if you have a 4K TV. Uh, but yeah, this this is probably going to be do for 4K what the first Planet Earth did for Blu-ray, which is be like, look at my amazing home theater system in <laughs> jungles and and weird creatures and you know under underground and stuff so i am much very much looking forward to that in january
2: very the lead for everybody here which is there's an earth two
1: <laughs> <laughs> people who watch all the dc shows on the cw have known that for a while dave
2: uh, also there was an nbc show called earth two back in the uh back in the day back in the early well, x-files earth- era
3: mm. With the On Earth Two, I have BBC America in 4K. So. <laughs> who
2: was <is> the Noxzema <laughs> nice. girl that like killed somebody or drunk drugs? Rebecca dro- Gayhart.
0: Or... Yep.
3: Yeah, she was in that. Uh, oh, yeah. my! A friend of mine dated her. Oh, what? Long story. I'll tell you off my. <laughs> oh <hair>. man.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. And uh,
2: sorry, what do you got to the plug there, Omar?
3: Oh, I'm on I do a podcast called Statesman mm-hmm. Shots with my friend Tolly Mosley. Yes. Um that is about Austin culture. We just recorded a live episode at the big sound on sound festival over the weekend, which is awesome. And also I just if you want to be cheered up, this election cycle, I wrote a top 10 things that have been positive that have come out of this election season <laughs> online for 512tech.com you can still find that so i just looked for things online that were actually not so bad this election <laughs> things that, memes and other things that emerged that that actually might cheer you up if you're feeling really horrible and depressed on tuesday thank
1: you omar and you also as we mentioned before you cover saturday night live for us at previously.tv and also the walking dead
2: very similar Yay. shows <laughs> <laughs> Sarah D.
4: So, Bunting. Netflix is the Crown, um, forged by ancient aliens. <laughs> ancient alien theorists say yes. Um, no, not really. This is a uh, Netflix's um, ten-part drama that dropped, I guess, last Friday. Yep. About the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. I think every season focuses on a different decade or period in her reign. This one, of course, is her um, accession to the throne. Um, issues with her sister wanting to marry a divorced semi-commoner, etc. Um, it does move slowly, but I really I've watched the whole thing. Um, too. I adored it. Uh, Jared Harris as her father, George the mm-hmm. um of the King's Speech, Colin Firth, um, was so charming and when his, well, whatever, spoiler, his character dies like this all happened in the 50s, you get it. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, he was not provoked by ancient aliens, but i like I actually felt that loss very much, and I thought the show did such an excellent job of how fathers are with their daughters mm-hmm. and how difficult it is to you know go on and uh, I also think that the show is doing an excellent job, and Claire Foy, as the queen, is doing an excellent job, making her like kind of bland and tending towards the unlikable often and she's like she's not selling that out at all like i think they feel this is an accurate portrayal and often many of the people around her are more interesting than she is especially her grandmother queen mary who was constantly drinking scotch in like every single shot no matter what <laughs> type of day it was yep my people um but yeah it's obviously gorgeous to look at it's really well cast My only complaint is that Harriet Walter as Mrs. Winston Churchill is only in like three episodes because I love her. Yeah, she's Um, great. But yeah, if you were like,
1: well, I don't know, costume
4: drama, blah, like it's it's really well done there are some moments that are maybe a little much tara did you guys like it as much as i did
1: yeah i started to watch it on saturday because it seemed like dave was going to take a nap and i was like well i'll just put this on i thought it was going to be his ancient aliens and then he got totally sucked in and we watched mm-hmm. the entire season all on saturday
2: yeah she did the same thing with me and uh, downtown abbey once upon a time too I was like, hey, what's this <laughs> this is stupid let's watch another one just to tell you how stupid it still is
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
4: Fortunately, a Sarah Bunting never shows up on The Crown. Or does she? She doesn't.
2: About the show was that, you know, it it weaves in Winston Churchill's uh, post-war yeah. leadership in there, too. So it's not all, you know, uh, royal family all the time. So it kind of, like, tends to break up the... the uh, The story a bit, which I think it benefits from. Although there was one episode that was like all Winston Churchill, which I thought was Yeah, the portrait thing,
4: which I thought that was a bit much, but it was still well acted.
2: Um, I enjoyed it. I just thought it seemed like uh, somebody just really loved that story and wanted to put it in there rather than it being like integral to the crown stream of the story. Mm, Not complaining. Just thought it was an interesting choice. The Fog episode was fascinating. I actually did not know about that at all that piece of history totally eluded me so that was uh very interesting Well, I
4: the thing that I can say about the show is that um my husband and I were like on Amazon repeatedly or like on Google throughout like like looking up more about whatever story had been alluded to or trying to like find books that we could read more about it or trying to find illegal uploads of the monarchy series on YouTube which (laughs) we failed to do um if anyone knows where I might find that for a New York or an American DVD player, please let me know. Um, but yeah, it's really great. I, I recommend should, uh, it.
2: E- email the Fug Girls if anybody's going to know. It's them. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, yeah, I thought it was. I it was fascinating. It was great. Very well acted. I did the same thing where I was particularly looking up the timeline of Margaret's. Uh, relationship with Townsend.
2: Oh, so sad. Yeah, that was
1: because, from what I could tell, it said that like uh, he, they broke up like three weeks after he went to Brussels. Unless I read Wikipedia wrong, because that was no. Not-
4: I think they went on what I how I read that was that they went on like a three week vacation. <laughs> realized that absence doesn't always make yeah. the heart grow oh, and we're like, bye. But it would not surprise me to learn that this is how it went down that the family thought the two years apart would end it and when it Mm -hmm. didn't they were like oh bt dubs you have to give literally everything up and right become mrs townsend and margaret was like nah
1: yeah
2: also uh mrs winston churchill is the nurse who heals chewbacca in (laughs) the force awakens oh well that's nice nice little paycheck for What, what, what do you got the plug there
4: Um, I am going to plug, as you know, frequent guest Mark Blankenship and I have a podcast called Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Uh, We had to pinch hit with another frequent guest, John Ramos, since Mark Blankenship is feeling poorly. So it was John and Sarah talk about songs. Thank you, John, for filling in. Mark is feeling much better, but I would also like to thank my esteemed colleague and wife, Tara Ariano, for singing us a special <laughs> one-time theme song because we had to change one of the words. Really appreciate it. It was lovely and completely on point. Yeah, so, that was funny. Yes.
0: <clears throat>
2: uh, a new
1: TBS. Yes, TBS. Show,
2: thank you. Called People of Earth is now airing and it is pretty funny yeah, um i watched the first two episodes i would say that if you are a fan of last man on earth this show is a very good compliment to that both uh in tone and structure it's about a, a reporter that uh, visits a small town ufo experiencer support group to do kind of a you know a little story on and then it uh you know it was he abducted to and you know he sort of becomes part of that uh, of that group and uh weird stuff happens it's it's sort of like um last man on earth meets like a little red dwarf or something like that <laughs> um there's actually like some sci-fi stuff there's actually like it's like uh last man on earth meets a comedy version of the show v
1: yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's actual visitors. They have their own agenda. It's, it's sort of like, uh, what was that show with Matthew Perry, the go- goon? Go on? Go on, right? yeah. So mm-hmm. the human part of it is go on, and the alien part of it is a office workplace comedy. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it's all comedy, but there's mm-hmm. almost like these two separate things going on so far. I'm sure they start the mesh. Yeah. But uh, Wyatt Cenac is the lead. Uh, has an
1: excellent cast Anna Gasteyer is the leader of who's the the
2: actor that was also in best friends forever who is this like crazy Luca Jones he's great yeah I like him a lot I love I loved him in best friends forever Mm -hmm. he's very lovable here yep Um, yeah if you enjoy sort of like not super haha funny show but just like smart humorous oh you know what it reminds me of (laughs) better off Ted it has a better off Ted vibe to it yeah uh, and, uh, Andy, Andy Richter controls the universe. It's sort of well, like it's, in that. It's-
4: AMC networks. Sundance now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance now so awesome? sundance now's catalog includes award-winning original content international exclusives and hard to find properties at a fair price you get premium content and no commercials for as low as 4.99 a month with an annual membership and you can enjoy it anywhere sundance now works on all your favorite devices download the app or watch online on apple and android devices amazon fire tv google chromecast roku and more My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. LeRoy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film. And you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks Sundance Now!
1: Also from, uh, at, like Andy Richter, controls the universe. Oh, wait, did Conan produce that one? I forget if he did or not. Maybe yeah. not. Anyway, this one comes from Conan O'Brien's yeah. production company, and it is a better lead-in to Full Frontal, which comes after it on Monday nights, than, let's say, a Family Guy rerun, which is what was yeah. its lead-in before. Um, so, yeah, it's very dry, um, and the parts where they cut away to, like, people's, like, they sh- when people are describing the experiences they had, we see them. And they're really funny. The three people that they've the, the actors that they've hired to play the uh, the aliens are really, really, really funny. Yeah, <laughs> they get some very ridiculous stuff to do. So there's a gray and a reptilian and a humanoid who's like yeah. a tall all of the flavors that I learned about from ancient aliens yeah. is like a tall Slavic <laughs> looking guy. Um, But yeah, it's great. It's it's uh it's very enjoyable so far uh, as we record this episode three will air tonight.
2: Yeah, Uh, and the other show just quickly that we watched, Stan Against Evil, I think it's IFC. Yeah, it's IFC. Uh, It's sort of like a really kind of slower Ash versus Evil Dead, Mm -hmm. not as gross. The jokes are very hit and miss. I I thought the tone was a little weird, Uh, but I think you liked it a little bit more than I did, Darren. I
1: thought it was all right. I just like John C. McGinley, I think. I do love John C. McGinley.
2: I think he wasn't good enough to work with. Yeah, I feel like he is like kind of a one note kind of guy, and obviously his character knows more about all the weird demonic happenings that's going on in this town. That will probably put him a little more into the forefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing that it came from Dana Gould, who's a really funny comedian, he created
1: the show. He's an ex writer on The Simpsons, yeah, too.
2: and great stand up comedian. I was a little disappointed. Um,
1: I also uh, thought that I don't understand the point of the daughter character. Is like, why is she terrible? such a? Why is she such a weird? like simpleton yeah she was the worst part of the show i would totally i would love it if she was not part of it anymore i agreed all
2: right everybody it is time for the canon our guest omar is presenting
3: well this might be the shortest canon submission (laughs) ever since this is an episode of television with with almost no dialogue in it whatsoever. Um, Bojack Horseman uh, is a Netflix uh, animated comedy that's in its third – just finished its third season. And the episode I picked is called Fish Out of Water. It's the fourth episode of that third season. And it is uh, almost entirely without dialogue. It all takes place underwater. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll just go into a uh, brief plot synopsis here. Um, Bojack in this episode is doing – publicity, uh, doing the film festival circuit for his Oscar bait biopic secretariat. Uh, his manager insists that he attend the POF, the Pacific ocean film fest because he's been banned from almost every other film festival out there and i think we have a clip for that
4: the pacific ocean film fest or puff is the biggest underwater film festival in the world you make a splash there
0: people are going to notice fine
4: all you need to do is get to the premiere on time eight o'clock walk the red carpet wave at the crowd kiss some fish babies Ugh,
2: fish. <laughs> they're so annoying <laughs> sorry lady no abla fish talk
3: <laughs> so, uh, th- so there is quite a bit of culture shock that involved in this because he actually has to get on a submarine and go underwater and walk around with a big fish tank thing on his head. Uh, and the other complication is that Kelsey Jannings is going to be at this film festival. She is a director who is on his film secretariat and he ended up getting her fired through various circumstances. And so things are very awkward between them and he is, uh, kind of, uh, dreading running into her at this film festival um she's there with a film called billy jean king is not my lover <laughs> and uh so on the way to the film fest he ends up freaking out on the submarine and has to be sedated uh when he wakes up after screaming you you can lead me to water but you can't and then he comes out uh he ends up at the ritz the Ritz carlton hotel and watermark theater uh where there uh, is a bunch of people around for him to do publicity with, there's a bunch of visual jokes in this episode, and but as soon as it gets to it, um, there's no more dialogue in the entire episode until the very end. He uh, he communicates by hand signals and gestures and facial expressions, but largely you're just hearing gurgling and. Background music for the entire episode. Uh, that means there's a lot of visual, kind of animation jokes. There's jokes about sardines packed in cars. There's uh, jokes about how he can't drink or smoke underwater. There's a lot of uh, fish-themed puns and jokes on the TV. There's blackfish, uh, blackfish-ish, <laughs> yeah. and naked and filleted. Uh, Playing on his hotel TV, um, and uh, what ends up happening is he tries to make up to Kelsey by writing her these kind of half-ass notes like "You're the Kelseyest." Uh, he he finally settles on a "Sorry, you got fired. That sucks for you." Uh, but before he can deliver that note to her in the lobby of this fish hotel, she's gone, and he goes after her, and that begins a series of events where Bojack uh, is is trying to get to her, but he ends up on a bus uh, carted in by a bunch of sardines. A lot of sardine jokes in this episode. Uh, while he's on the bus, which ends up taking him to the middle of nowhere in the ocean floor. He witnesses a male seahorse giving birth to a bunch of baby seahorses. Uh, he has a book called What to Expect <laughs> When You're a Male Seahorse Expecting, Which is a Thing. <laughs> uh, and the, the seahorse ends up giving birth to a bunch of uh, babies. Bojack gets kicked off the bus but ends up with one of the baby seahorses who tagged along with him. So the whole rest of the episode becomes a, a mission for Bojack to return this baby to his rightful Uh, seahorse dad Uh, but it also becomes kind of a showcase for animation on this show Uh, Bojack Horseman is not an animated show that is known for its stunning animation but in this episode it gets to really play around with the format because of the lack of dialogue it gets to explore all these uh, underwater seascapes that we don't normally see on the show Uh, Bojack gets a crash course on infant parenting with this adorable little orange seahorse that is at first playful but then ends up crying and hungry and Bojack has to take Care of him, he goes to a convenience store to get some seahorse milk and ends up getting chased out um, by a shark, but not before buying some fish magazine porn. Uh, this leads to a chase sequence and a lot of animated fun, where he ends up at a freshwater taffy factory where the seahorse baby's father works. This all sounds like I'm in a fever yep. dream. He, <laughs> this really fits in with Dave. Dave's illness. <laughs> Omar
1: is also high <laughs> All right, whole
3: real episode of TV. <laughs> Uh, but it, it all ends up with with um, Bojack returning the baby back to the uh, the seahorse's home, but then having this moment where he still kind of feels out of place after having bonded with this this baby. Um, he ends up reaching Kelsey and giving her a note of apology, but the letters are all blurred because water. Mm-hmm. Um, and but uh, the episode does end on a really strong punchline when Bojack realizes that he could have been talking the whole time. Uh, we have a clip for that as well. <laughs>
0: Jeff oh you have got to be killed <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it ends on that that realization um i really love this episode because bojack uh horseman like i said is not an episode it's not a show known for its slick animation and this is one where they really get to uh, play around with that um the show is really more about the jokes and the heartache and the parallels to real life Hollywood. But in this episode, it feels like it gets to express itself more visually, but still manages to resonate with the themes of the show, which is always Bojack trying to fruitlessly connect with other people to, to try to figure out what he wants out of life and why he's, he can never be happy. Uh, it's about Bojack having small bits of growth among his typically selfish, self-destructive acts And though it's missing uh, some of the key components, uh, like co-stars Aaron Paul, Amy Sedaris, and Alison Brie, by focusing completely on Bojack, it does really get to hone in on his, his psyche in the middle of this Uh, run of episodes all about Secretariat and the Oscar race Uh, it reminds us of the themes that run through the series that he really is just a very damaged horse who's trying to find himself who's trying to connect with other people Um, there's a sadness that hangs over it which I know is a recent trend in a lot of sitcoms to kind of have that mix of comedy and drama but I feel like with Bojack Horseman it really does work and it's been like that from the very beginning of the show Um, I think it's a stand it's pretty remarkable as a standalone showcase of the show you don't have to have watched all three seasons of BoJack to appreciate the beauty of this episode and, and what it brings. And I think it's a good entry point for people who haven't seen it before. Um, I was one of those people that when BoJack started on Netflix, I found it a little wobbly hmm. at first. The first two or three episodes did not grab me. It felt like a poor man's adult swim show stretched out too long. But once it really found its footing, I thought it got really strong and I've enjoyed it ever since. I think it's a very strong Netflix show. I think it's doing stuff that not a lot of the other shows are doing, especially not an animation And uh, I know this is an unusual pick for the canon, but I think it is a good entry point and a good showcase and a good example of what Bojack uh, Horseman does best, which is to mix comedy and drama and animation in a really unique and uh, entertaining way. So I look forward to hearing what the committee thinks of it.
1: (laughs) Omar, I have to say... I always admire that you go with a bold pick. You don't go for the easy ones. This is this is going to sound like I'm I'm setting you up for a fail. I am not. Um, past Omar entry, uh, canon submissions include the South Park episode about Scott Tenorman, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Was that which the one? Wait, no. Oh no, it was. Uh, was Dave. It was
3: not without my. That's anus.
1: right. The the uh, the All Terrence and Philip episode, um, and a Rick and Morty, which about the le- which the less said the better. But as chance would have it, oh, yeah. Dave and I also had the. Experience of having started to watch BoJack Horseman. I don't think we even made it through the pilot originally. No. That when it when it Maybe, first dropped but, on Netflix. Yeah,
2: but we had the same reaction, which is it seemed. Yeah. Like a poor imitation of something else to start off with, but but, but we had Monty on
0: mm-hmm.
2: a few weeks ago and that came up and i said you know what does it get better when does it get better and he said yeah after about four episodes it hits its stride and so we thought well we're looking for something else to watch let's Mm -hmm. give it a shot
1: so like two days before you picked this episode for your canon submission we started watching bojack horseman uh we skipped right to just episode six of season one and uh that seems to have been a good place to start because we're almost to the end of season two now in fact just last night we watched the episode where uh kelsey gets fired from the movie so that then we had that oh, background perfect. um for this episode which we watched first um so yeah you're right it's not a typical episode in some ways and i you didn't mention paul f Tompkins as mr peanut butter but i will because he's my favorite um he's also not oh, in he's this, the
3: best but he's not in this episode yeah
1: <laughs> except as a spokesperson for seahorse milk <laughs> obviously um but but a, the, a lot of the other things that the show does well um, are on display both the Hollywood you know um, Hollywood excuse me uh, the hustle part of the story and how he has to go to this weird film festival um, and you know get bossed around by his manager and stuff and also all of the the visual jokes you know you mentioned some of them but like the, that it really rewards you paying attention it's it's not a show that you can really watch while you're like fucking around on your phone because there's so many Visual jokes that just get like Crammed into the corners and stuff And like how many of them are all just like How many of them are are Basically just puns Pun jokes <laughs> like visual puns on The various animals like uh, Characteristics So seeing it, it, is uh, Remarkable for a show that's you know Critically acclaimed and gets this so Such high regard because a lot of it is just like Very silly and corny and so For that that aspect of the show to get Transplanted under the ocean uh was fun because usually it's you know land-based animal jokes um so yeah i think you did you made an excellent case it's not a typical episode but it is a it is an interesting standalone um and it was funny to what like have seen you know five or six episodes of season one and then jump ahead to this because it's so different but it was such a pleasure to watch and very uh weirdly soothing um so yeah good choice dave Let's let let's, let us Sarah goes last, because I assume she hasn't watched this.
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the show as we started to watch it from, you know, that kind of whatever that was, maybe midpoint of season one. Um, there's something very sad about the character, <laughs> Yes. Uh, obviously, but, you know, it's somewhere between, you know, feeling like you've peaked or... Uh, you know, kind of a midlife crisis story, and yet surrounded by other people with all their sort of problems too, right? Like it's just not the story of you know being of a certain age. It's not horses of a certain age. (laughs) Show such great casting in this show. Uh, Aaron Paul as Todd.
1: Uh, also executive producer on the show. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I really like. Uh, yeah, this was an interesting episode um usually when i come face to face which what i would call a gimmick episode <laughs> which i think this sort of is say compare this to a claymation community episode or you know the cartoon world of blah or south park goes to warcraft or angel something
4: angel like has that. muppets
2: yeah, yeah. Um those shows episodes tend to bug the shit out of me because I usually think they're very lazy. Uh This episode I didn't think was very lazy. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was where other shows are a study about the medium that they change to or the gimmick that they uh, have chosen. Like this really kind of felt like they were using their time inside of a speechless bubble to get a like solving one of Bojack's character flaws or at least examining it right that he's this narcissistic guy who can't really open up and his life is troubles are compounded by it and there is something very touching about how they approach that in this episode whereas maybe some other uh, gimmicky episode they don't really do that it's like well isn't it fun that Troy and Abbott are clay dudes. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Look, the three there, their eyes bulged out. And that's, that's great. Um, I was thinking, is there any other voiceless episode beside hush?
1: Is yeah, that, it- that was the only other one I could think yeah. of offhand.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really did enjoy this episode quite a bit. I enjoyed the show quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad I did watch some episodes before I saw this, this one. I don't know if this would be the one I would pick to go straight into it. So I'm curious if Sarah, if this is your first, uh, Fourier into the show, what you thought of it before I just throw it. I just want to say this show has one of my favorite credit sequences, uh, of, of the last few years. There's something, really fun about it.
1: Yeah, uh, I watch it every time and normally Yeah, we don't
2: fast forward through it. It's <laughs> yeah, you know, people... Not just
1: not fast forward, like I pay attention to it every time.
2: Yeah, and it changes between seasons too. I notice it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And this had a different uh closing song than it usually does, but I always listen to the song at the mm-hmm. end too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh yeah,
2: I quite I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a smart and thoughtful uh episode. Sarah.
4: Um, I really liked it too. I loved all the sight gags like that the porn mag is called Master b a i t. There was a ton of stuff about that, like he inadvertently offends the local, you know, Ichthians by giving them a thumbs up, and then that's like in the crawl of their Times Square later, like, and they're keeping callbacks to that. Yeah, um, it's really it's built really well, and the fact that there's not dialogue. I know I always refer to Samurai Jack, but there's frequently not that much dialogue in. Oh yeah. That either yeah yeah, and their way of like texturizing sound like there is there is dialogue we just don't understand any of it because we don't speak fish, and <laughs> I thought the sound design was really beautiful. Like there was that weird like sort of not K poppy, but like there was this like Tokyo feel to the sound, and it sort of mm-hmm. sounded like you were mm-hmm. in an arcade,
0: yeah. and
2: the murmuring of the other fish. Um and the commercial that Mr. Peanut Butter in was obviously Yeah. You know, yeah. him doing <laughs> foreign commercials for extra cash. Yeah.
4: Him yeah. doing like whatever um Maybelline Japan. Right. Or whatever the <laughs> Yeah, that we never see them here, but that's how Madonna makes most of her money. Um so but there was also like I was impressed by because I I don't watch the show, but I know about the show. And um I know that it does have those comedy and drama elements that omar's been taught that omar was talking about and i was impressed by this like the ability to like balance some rueful parts of it and just this feeling of like yes the the underwater episode is an excuse to like do a lot of psych eggs and explore different worlds but it also kind of got at that alienation that you can sometimes feel when you're mm-hmm. in a city that is not your own and that you're surrounded by people but also at a distance from them in your little like head bubble that you don't know how to operate so (laughs) i thought that was a i thought that was an image that worked on a bunch of levels plus not for nothing that little seahorse and its little butt
0: really cute (laughs) yes
4: but also that scene at the end when like he's like bye and little seahorse is just like poking itself in the eye with a spoon and doesn't notice and it's like well that's (laughs) kids for you (laughs) i don't know i thought it was good like it wasn't and it also wasn't like in love with itself like it had this thing yeah. that it set out to do and it did it and it happened to be 25 minutes but it was pretty to look at and i laughed and i didn't cry it was definitely better than cats um <laughs> yeah i don't know and like another thing that we always talk about when it comes to if something is canon worthy is like did you want to keep going like when netflix is like watch watch next episode did you want to keep going and i did so yeah. i think we should vote
2: uh, all right, just one thing before we vote as a point of clarity, because I don't think we mentioned it. The the, the last clip was him meeting a guy in the street who Another was human. using a button on his helmet that Bojack yeah. never realized was there to talk. Yep. so that was the he's know, like kind click of the, the grand. What? The, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the show is really good at ending episodes too. That's it a, is. that's a good. It's like Key and peel in that way. They know Mm -hmm. when to end
1: it, you know, and and go into it. Sarah, I think you might like this show for its corny elements as well as, like, the the, the emotional ones. Because there's a lot of very dad-jokey humor that, while we were watching, I was like, oh, Sarah would like this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's put it to a vote. Tara Uh, Ariana, Yes, I vote yay.
2: Sarah D. Bunting. I also vote yay. Me too.
1: Yay!
2: BoJack Horseman, Season 3, Episode 4, Fish Out of Water. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Grey Cannon.
0: Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope.
2: All right, it is time for Winner and Loser of the Week. Sarah has a winner. Uh, The winner is Baseball in
4: general Uh, (laughs) This last series Went to seven games It was very dramatic And because it featured Two franchises That had not won Either of them In a very long time uh, This notched Baseball's Highest ratings In 25 years Good job Fox Wow Too bad your show About baseball Still kind of (laughs) sucks
0: Loser?
1: Yes uh, I have the loser of the week Bill Simmons Before I say why um, he was the creator and editor of Grandland, which employed me as a freelancer for a long time. And they were very good to me and they paid very nicely. And this was not a show for me and I never watched it. But any given Wednesday, his HBO talk show has been canceled. It feel like it's only been a few months since it premiered for a weekly show and for it to be HBO. It's really not great for him because usually they they tend to give things more of a more leeway to find their audience but uh i understand he is a divisive figure for people who enjoy sports sarah would you say that is true um, yes he
4: is i did watch the show and he does have things that he's good at but for whatever reason like on camera hosting is not his thing and yeah i do actually feel like they could have given this a little more time but mm-hmm. they, they didn't like maybe he just needs to go to like post school but yeah i mean apparently his podcast he doesn't do any on sports i care about but apparently he's okay like he yeah just, people like them he's a them smart stuff? guy he has a lot of good ideas that, you know he was he invented 30 for 30 which total respect for that but mm-hmm. being an on-camera personality is maybe not for him
2: <laughs> if they do give him another chance uh, there or somewhere else they really have to do the skit where he is in that louis ck episode with david lynch to go in to get trained yeah Yeah. totally (laughs) yes
1: Uh, Uh, anyway sorry Bill I think you'll be okay though
2: Uh, speaking about David Lynch you know what time it is (laughs) blue velvet time sure time to cut off veneer and look at the ants I mean it's game time oh
0: my god (laughs) (laughs)
2: paps blue ribbon (laughs) All right, everybody. This is the ninth game time of the season. Oh,
1: my God.
2: Sarah D. Bunting stands on the precipice of her first season win with four points. (gasps) I'm so excited. Sarah and Value Guest tied at two points. Me.
1: I'm Tara. Tara and valued Guest tied oh God, at two I was,
2: points. I was about to remark how dizzy and high I am right now.
1: Oh, this'll be this will be a shit. Tara shit.
2: and valued Guest tied at two points. Today's game time comes from some guy named Joe Reed.
0: Oh <gasps> Joe! Whoever <laughs> earns
2: himself an extra credit. <laughs> redeemable for an extra hot great mini topic of his choosing, which, as I said, I believe will return next week. Yes. Joe writes rules of this one are pretty straightforward. You give them the names. That's me. Dave, give them the names of two actors who played someone's parents on a TV show.
1: Does this game have a name?
2: Yeah. Showbiz Mom and Dads. Okay. Proceed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. They answer, number one, the name of the actor who played their child. Okay. All right? Yep. Two, the name of the character. All right? Okay. Three, the TV show. Okay. So you got three point possibilities for every question I will ask you. All right. You can ask for a hint. You can ask for any one of the unknown things. Okay. And then you can guess the remaining two. Okay. All right. Yep. Note number one says, Joe, just the first name of a character is fine with him, so it's fine with me. Okay. Number two, if there are multiple children, player can go with any one of them. Okay. Make sense? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's throw it. To the person in control, choosing initiative, otherwise known as Picky 3000. <laughs> we will start with Valued guests. All right. So that means we're going to go Omar, oh Sarah, Tara. Are we ready to play showbiz mom and dads?
1: Good luck, Sarah and Omar, <sighs> but especially Sarah.
2: Oh, God. Thanks. Omar. It. No. All right. As a reminder, yeah. I am reading you, actor, parents, Edward Herman and Kelly Bishop, give me... Uh, the actor child's name. I mean, the, 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 uh, oh, fuck me.
1: The child. Go the ahead, actor. Omar. You know what you're
3: doing. Yeah, you know. I think I know what I'm doing. Okay. uh Lorelai yeah. Gilmore. Lauren Graham. Gilmore. Gilmore Thank girls. you.
2: Three points. This is good. It's going to be, guys, contestants, listeners, manufacturers of pharmaceuticals across the nation, this is going to be a long game. Okay. Sarah D. Bunting. Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton.
1: Um,
4: the actor who played their child is named oh, Amy Teagarden. The character was Julie Taylor, and they were all on Friday Night Lights.
2: You, ma'am, Ooh, have nice. three points, Ty Ariano. Yes, sir. Peter Gallagher and Kelly Rowan.
1: Um, Their kid was S- Seth Cohen, played by... Oh, my God. His name has fallen out of my head. It's the OC. And his name is Adam. Ah, I can't
2: remember. You're correct. Adam. Oh, wait. It, he said first names were okay. So you just got it, I guess.
1: I think that was just for the, the character. Not for the actor. Oh, that
2: was the actor. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I
1: don't. I forget yeah, his last right. name. Brody. Adam. Brody. Oh, right. So that was two Brody's. points. Yeah, Always two Two gross. points.
2: <clears throat> got to respect the rules.
1: Yep. Back to
2: Omar. Elaine Stretch and Alan Alda.
3: <laughs> oh dear. Is that um uh is that 30 Rock? Alec Baldwin. Oh shit. Uh ooh. just the first name uh, is Jack Donaghy. There you go. There you Jack. go three points. Well
2: done. Good job. Worked it backwards. Sarah D. Bunting, Swoozy Kurtz, and Kevin Ty.
1: Yeah. I think that's how his name is spelled. Yep. Pronounced.
2: That's T I G H E.
4: Tie. Oh.
2: Um. Jesus.
4: Can I have the? Can I ask for any of the three? Yeah. Um. All right. Can I have the
2: character name, please? Character name is John Locke. <laughs> Weird. John Locke the with an character E.
4: Character name is John Locke. Okay, that will be lost. And he is played by uh, Terry O'Quinn.
2: Correct. Oh, nice ball. <laughs> of Secrets and Lies. Boo. All right, Tara Ariano. Yes. Kate Burton and Jeff Perry.
1: Um, this The child is Meredith Gray. The actress is Ellen Pompeo. And the show is Gray's Anatomy.
4: Three points. Mr. Kinski plays her dad.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Yep.
2: Uh, Barney Martin and Liz Sheridan for Omar. (laughs) Say those again. uh, Barney Martin and Liz Sheridan.
3: Oh, geez. Um, can I get the name of the show? Yeah,
2: sure. Uh, Seinfeld.
3: Oh, is it Jerry Seinfeld? Played by? Jerry. (laughs) Gary, uh, <laughs> correct for two points. <laughs>
0: that was a
2: good question to ask for a clue on. Yep. Uh, Josh Taylor for Sarah, Josh Taylor and Stephanie Beecham.
4: Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. That is uh, Dylan McKay's parents,
2: played by Luke Perry on Beverly Hills 90210. Ding, ding. Sorry, Ariano, yes. Jeff Goldblum, and Brian Stokes Mitchell.
1: Um is this Glee? Okay, is it Leah Michelle? And her character's name was. First name oh, is fine. Oh no. It's been so long. I can't remember her character's name.
2: Rachel. Rachel Rachel. Alright. Omar. Annette O'Toole and John Schneider.
3: <laughs> oh, oh picky. Joe. Smallville, Tom Welling, Clark Kent.
1: Wow. Thanks, picky.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, Sarah D. Bunting, Becky and Baker, and Dylan Baker. Hmm. What? I think uh, I was supposed to get this one. Yeah. Um. That,
1: could that I
2: pick. have the character name, please? Character name? Karen Cartwright. That does not help. No. I think the show name would have helped you more.
4: Yeah, probably. No Lillian clue? Grace? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. yeah. I don't
2: know. Tara?
1: That's, um... I forget the actress's name now, too. Catherine McPhee McPhee on on Smash.
2: That's correct. All right, Tara. Uh, Marlo Thomas and Ron Liebman.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, This is Rachel Green, played by Jennifer Aniston, on Friends.
2: Correct. Back to
3: Omar. Becky
2: Ann Baker and Peter Scolari.
3: (laughs) I believe that is Girls. Hannah Horvath played by Lena Dunham.
2: You have three points.
1: Will we hit the Becky Ann Baker trifecta in this game?
2: (laughs) Joe Morton and Candy Alexander. This is for Sarah. Joe
4: Morton and Candy Alexander play on Scandal. The parents of... Oh, my God. (laughs) The parents of... All of these names have completely emptied,
2: drained from my head. What about the actor? First
1: name is I, fine for the, for the character.
2: You know the actor.
4: Carrie Washington is the actor.
1: Nice.
2: Olivia. Yeah! Oh. Phew.
4: <laughs> I just was like, Olivia Benson? No, that's yeah. not right. <laughs>
2: <Ugh>. Not Benson. <laughs> no. uh, Tari Mariano. <laughs> yes. Uh, Veronica Cartwright and uh-huh. Bo Bridges.
1: Um, this is They Are the Parents of Jack McFarland, played by Sean Hayes, on Will and Grace.
2: Correct. Back to Omar. This is your last question before a score break. Kathy Bates and Michael
3: Chiklis. Mm -mm. Oh, dear. Um.
1: (laughs) Oh, I just can't remember.
3: Uh, let me get the show. The
2: show is American Horror Story Freak Show.
3: Oh hell. Um <laughs> so good luck
2: on the name, but maybe the character maybe the actor.
3: Um I'm just gonna say um uh, Sarah Paulson. <laughs> good
2: guess. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, uh, usually a safe guess. Jimmy Darlin, Evan Peters. That was a tough one. I would not have gotten that. All right, number seventeen. Ready to go. Ready to go. For Sarah Debunting, Brian Cranston and Anna Gunn. Okay. Um that show is Breaking Bad.
4: Uh, the character's name is Walter White
2: junior we I'll give you a day point for the other name he uses. Blinn? <laughs> <Lynn>. Yes!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good
4: one. I'll take right, a day and the point. Actor? Oh my God. R.J. Mita?
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. Oh,
3: good one. Pretty right, fucking <laughs> well good.
1: Done.
2: I mean, All right. I'm, I'm dizzy now.
3: <laughs>
2: After <laughs> this, we'll have our first score break. Tara Ariano, Francis yep. Conroy, and John Lithgow.
1: Oh, oh. Um, they are the parents of Barney Stinson, um, played by Neil Patrick Harris on How I Met Your Mother.
2: And that is good for three points. And that is first score break time.
1: Very close game. Um. Omar and Sarah are tied with 14 points each. (gasps) I have 16.
2: Okay. So that means we're back to Omar. Betty Buckley and Kevin Conway. Uh, Oh, that's not an easy one. Uh, Let me give you a hint, Omar. Uh, Uh, Sure. Not a show that you would really identify families with. (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't think there'd be a lot of families in here.
1: Alright. yeah.
4: Really, Dave? Mm.
1: It obviously uh, didn't help. The show.
2: What? Sorry, did, what was that, Omar?
3: I'm going to need the oh, show. Okay.
2: The show is Oz.
3: Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, God. What were the That's actors right. again?
2: Betty, Betty Buckley, Buckley, Kevin Conway.
3: Was it Beecher? Well,
2: nope. Dean Winters. That's not Beecher. No, yeah. that's not. Uh, and I'm uh, oh, sorry, that was the actor uh, Ryan o- Ryan Riley. O'Reilly. Yep.
1: Yeah.
3: So, uh, all
2: right. right, Sarah D. Bunting, Paul Johansson, and Moira Kelly. Oh, geez. Okay.
4: Um, I think the show is One Tree Hill. Nice. And. Uh, the character who played their kid is Chad Michael Murray.
1: Yes. Nice.
4: Whatever happened to that guy? More he importantly, died. whatever happened to my memory of his character's name, of which I have none?
2: Arnie. <laughs> no, Lucas Scott. Uh. Lucas Scott. All right, Tara. Yep. Kyle McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Deacon, D-I-C-H-E-N, Lockman.
1: Deacon Lockman? Yeah, sure. Uh, I do not know. Show.
2: Agents of Shield.
1: <laughs> no idea. Wait, 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 wait. Is it um, uh, Chloe? Is that her name? <laughs> the character's name.
2: Mm. I Forget her name. Chloe Bennett is the actor's name.
1: Dang it.
2: Sky slash Sky Daisy. Sky slash Daisy slash something else now. Quake or something like that. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. All right, Omar, <laughs> exactly. Gretchen, Mall, and Dabney Dabney Coleman.
4: Oh gross.
3: Okay, that is Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> and that is Jimmy. Played by. Played by, oh god, uh, Hedwig, dude. <laughs> um Michael um Oh god, it's um Pitt. Yeah! nice
0: <laughs> oh, oh. Best
2: thing you ever that was did
3: so for Sarah Dean Bunch. I was thinking Dunn, Michael Dunn. No.
1: <laughs> That's a different guy.
2: Dean Norris and Sherry Stringfield. Dean Norris and Sherry <laughs> Stringfield. Sherry Stringfield. Uh-huh.
4: I, d- I have a feeling I know what this is, but all right, can I have the show, please? <laughs> At no
2: point,
0: your in
3: rambling, incoherent response
0: God damn to it. Even close
2: to anything uh, that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone
3: in this room is now Domer Domer, Domer. Domer. to
2: it. <laughs> Under the dome.
4: <laughs> yes. That. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I could draw that little fuckwad. Oh, what was this character's name? I don't remember. I
2: don't know. Fucking dome. right, but Tara?
1: Well, it's Junior. Yeah. James Junior. Yeah. But I can't remember the actor's name. Alexander having... Koch? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think it's... Oh, the other Koch. The, the other Koch brother. Crotch. Okay. Ruining America. Tara Ariano, yes.
2: Courtney Cox, and Brian Van Holt.
1: Okay, they are from Cougar Town. They are the parents of Travis, who was played by Dan... Bird? Ooh, Spell nice Bird. <clears throat> B-Y-R-D.
2: Very good. That's... You get... Wine? Dave Point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's
2: Susie Essman and Bob Balaban, Omar...
3: That is Broad City, (laughs) and it is um oh 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 uh uh oh 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 why can't I think of their names uh uh oh crap I completely uh oh this is painful I know their names
2: uh think of the actor's name because I think they might be the same first names anyways.
3: Oh, Alana. Alana. Uh, that's good
2: for the that's good for the character, but not for the actor.
3: Okay, Alana. <laughs> okay, well two out of three is not bad. Glazer. Glazer, yeah. Alana Glazer. Oh!
2: Alright, Sarah debunting. Jamie Lee Curtis and Rob Reiner. Oh character name, please. Character name is Jessica Day.
4: A.K.A. Uh, Jess.
2: Christ. New Girl.
4: Oh, okay.
1: Um.
2: And you need De the... Chanel,
4: icon. the one that's not boned. Zoe. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Nice. <laughs> Way to work it backwards. You really asked for the right, <laughs> the right clue on that one.
2: Gene Smart. Yep. And brother of Nora Dunn, Kevin Dunn. Tara,
1: as, um, you, as you
2: informed me, not so long ago.
1: Mm-hmm. I... Believe this is Samantha Who? Okay. Wow. Um, so that's Christina Applegate. And she played Samantha. Correct. Who?
2: Newly. That's Newly. right. <clears throat> Omar Gayaga, Michelle Forbes, and Brent Sexton.
3: I have no idea what, what show is that. You want
2: the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. The show is The Killing. Or as we like to call it here,
3: <laughs> is the actress name Michelle Enos? Katie Finley.
1: Yeah. They're okay. the parents of the dead girl.
3: Yeah. Oh, Any I idea thought that of was the going to be
1: character? Star Trek Now, next think about the character's best. name, because
2: if you can think about the ad at the time, you might get the
3: first name, which is all you Oh, need. Rosie. Rosie, whatever. Yeah, there you go. Oh, one point. I, thought, I didn't know where are still on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, it was one point. Sarah D. Bunting, Sarah Paulson, and Zachary Quinto. <laughs> Sarah Paulson uh-huh. and Spock. <clears throat> uh huh.
4: <laughs> I'm really tempted to say the slap, but I'm not going to. <laughs> could I, oh, <laughs> could I, I get wish. the character name, please?
2: <laughs> All right. This is a good clue because uh, the character name will net you two pieces of information. Oh. The character is Johnny Morgan or Bloody Face. Bloody Face. Yeah. So do you
4: know the show? Is American Horror Story also Freak Show?
0: I think you
1: should give it to her. It's not Freak Show, but it's American Horror Story. How granular are you actor. supposed to get? I don't it's know. The, well, it's the right show.
2: Oh, uh, mm, that's true. I guess it's the same show, isn't it? I okay, it, uh, all right. Uh, unless
1: Omar objects, I think it's okay to give her. A no,
2: point no, no I think okay, get no, it. Okay. All right, okay. Um, and actor. And
4: my guess for the actor is Finn Wittrock.
2: Dylan McDermott.
1: It's from Asylum. Oh yes. yeah.
2: Famed violinist.
1: No, that's no, the other one. It's the other one. Dermot <laughs> Moroney is the German cellist, Maroney. not a violinist.
2: I was close.
1: Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we'll do just that. Okay.
2: Okay. Tari Ariano. Yep. Stepple- I think this was Stapleton, isn't Okay. It? And Carol O'Connor.
1: Okay. They are from All in the Family. Maybe. They are the parents of Gloria, who was played by Sally Struthers.
2: Three points. Nicely Omar. Done. Harry you. Hamlin. <laughs> And Lisa Rina Rina. Oh, Barahama, a
3: What the hell show were they on? Uh, I'll have to get the show. You want the
2: show, the show is Veronica Mars.
3: Oh, um, Duncan. Mm. Oh, wrong one. Yeah, the other dude. Uh, you
2: got the actor, I guess. That you can still guess.
1: Yeah, you can guess the actor. <sighs>
2: Uh, I'm not gonna get it, but I knew I
3: could see his face.
2: Jason Doring, and was the actor Logan Eccles was the character yeah. you're looking for. Dang it! All right, Sarah Ben Vereen and Vereen Wats, Watson Johnson. What? Ben Vereen and Vereen, Ben Vereen and Vernie. Sorry, misreading that. Ben Vereen <laughs> and Vernie Watson Johnson. Uh, could I get the character name, please? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I took a year off my life. <laughs> the character's name, and I assure you, I read this correctly, even though I'm about to pass out, is Will Smith. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Actor. Nice. Will Smith. Mm. No, that's right. That's- <laughs> Wow! Really? (laughs) All right, uh, bring us into our second score break. There is
1: another Will Smith who's a writer and also starred on The Thick of It, who is a white gentleman. He was the nerdy conservative guy in The Thick of It.
2: Morgan Fairchild and Kathleen Turner.
1: That they are the parents of Chandler, played by Matthew Perry, on Friends.
2: You are correct score break. That was uh, that was a uh, 33 of 54.
1: Still quite close. Omar has 20, Sarah has 21, I have 28.
2: Okay. So I've collected all of Joe's questions that have possible alternative answers Ooh. from now to the end of the game. Exciting. And this is how it works. You don't guess the extra ones. But basically they're like uh, a difficulty bonus so if you go for the difficulty bonus straight out instead of the easy answer you can gain bonus points based on how hard joe thinks that answer was
0: <laughs> okay All right? Yep. so
2: you're still only answering one thing for each of those uh but if you match joe's secret answer you get bonus points
1: okay got it omar
2: martin sheen <laughs> okay. and jane fonda Martin Sheen
3: is that Grayson, and, Grayson and Frankie?
1: Nice.
3: And it, we're looking now for the character, character
2: name, You need character and actor still.
1: But they have more than one kid. Uh,
2: yes, there's more than one possible answer. Oh,
3: oh, oh! The kids. Uh, but you
2: just give one answer, is one of, and if you match Joe, you get bonus points.
3: <laughs> actor or character, either.
2: You still got a pair of uh, uh, together, it, but you know.
3: One of them is Baron Vaughn, the actor.
1: He's the kid of the other oh. couple.
3: Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Brianna
2: Hansen is June Diane Raphael. Or for a bonus point, you could have said Mallory Hansen was played by Brooklyn Decker. All right. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you didn't. Sarah D. Bunting, Elliot Gould, and Christina Pickles. Elliot Gould what? and Christina Pickles
4: oh god character name please
2: Monica Geller ah oh, fuck <laughs> friends <laughs> different strokes <laughs> different and the actress strokes. um should I
4: guess the other kid no to you, see if you're was... locked out of that now oh I am okay yeah. Um, that is
2: Courtney Cox our cat <clears throat> I'm only giving you the bonus points if you get both of those as your uh, answers. Tara I Ariano, see. Grace Zabrizzi?
1: Zabrisky, 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 and uh-huh. Bruce Dern. Ooh. Okay, they're from Big Love, and they're the. So I'm supposed to try and identify the the less known person.
2: You're supposed to answer whatever you want. If you match Joe's special answers. You get extra points.
1: All right. Well, I can't remember the other guy's name, so I'll just say um, Bill Paxton, and he played Bill Henriksen.
2: You are correct. The, the bonus other answer. The guy is Sean Doyle.
1: Doyle! shit.
2: Played Joey.
1: Right. I never would have guessed Joey anyway. And that was
2: worth three. Dang. Bonus Omar, Carol Burnett, and mm-hmm. Carol O'Connor. Carol Burnett and Carol O'Connor.
3: Hmm. I I need the show for that. Mad About You. Is that Jamie? Uh, And that's Helen Hunt. That is
1: good. Two points. Just a pedantic note. Three different sets of actors played Jamie's parents over the course of the season. Those were just the ones who (sighs) played them at the last. Just saying.
3: What were the bonuses on that?
0: Uh,
2: Her sister. Yeah, Lisa, Stimple, and... Ramsey. Yes. Yes. Okay, back to the game for Sarah. Blythe Danner and Sydney Pollock. Can I have the show? Will and Grace. God damn it. Uh, Grace? Mm. What?
1: Yeah, there was. Still
2: got the actor you can get a point on. Yeah. Which other one?
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know. Another one.
4: <clears throat> I don't know.
2: Eric McCormick, who played Will.
1: And does he? who does he have in for the brothers? Sam does he have,
2: Truman, played by?
1: Well, he was played variously by John Slattery John and Slattery. Stephen Webber. Yeah. He was played by Stephen Weber later. All right. He also does he mention John Tenney, the other no, brother? He does not. Joe,
2: Tara Ariano, yes, Christopher <laughs> McDonald, uh-huh. and Julie Haggerty. Show. Happy endings.
1: Oh. Um. Okay. Uh, uh. Alicia Cuthbert as Alex.
2: That's good for one bonus point as well. That was okay. his bonus answer. Jane Kirkovich was his regular answer. So that All right. is worth three points for that question. Cool. Omar, Kelly Rutherford and William Baldwin. <laughs> Kelly Rutherford uh, and William Baldwin.
3: Uh, I, I, uh, let me get the actor name. The
2: actor name is Blake Lively.
3: Is that Gossip Girl? And you know
2: the character,
3: Gossip
1: Girl. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I have
2: no idea. Wasn't Gossip Girl a guy? did not watch. Something? Yes. Yeah. Stupidly. Serena Vander Woodson. Yeah, if you say so. Mm-hmm. Too many, too many, too many, too many, too syllables. many names there.
1: Yes, I agree. Cerberity
2: Bunting, Tom Bosley, Bosley. Is it Bosley or Bosley? Bosley, Bosley. and Marion Ross.
4: Oh god. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say happy endings. No. Happy days. <laughs> happy days. Um They played the parents of Richie oh. Cunningham
2: Played by Ron Howard. Correct. Your bonus answer was Joni by Aaron Moran.
1: Moran, I think.
2: Yeah, what a Moran. Yeah. I'm forgetting that wrong. That was worth two points, but you didn't get that one. Uh, (laughs) Becky Ann Baker and Joe Flattery.
1: There it is. No (laughs) T in there.
2: Flattery. It's at the
1: end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Freaks and Geeks. Drugs, 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 drugs. Shut up. (laughs) Freaks and Geeks. Okay, I'm going to guess that Joe thinks the more obscure one is John Francis Daly as Sam.
2: You are correct for an extra point, four points. Oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, nope, those four points. Sweet. Omar, Joanna Cassidy, and Robert Foxworth. Joanna Cassidy, and, oh, damn it, Robbie Bobby Fox. <laughs> so sorry, Sarah. <laughs> damn it. Uh,
3: I need the show. The show,
2: show is six feet under. <laughs>
1: Having a stroke on.
3: Oh, that was that was uh, Brenda and her brother. uh,
2: uh, 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 um, Wait, what was your answer? Was your answer Brenda? It was Brenda. Did say Brenda. Uh, The actor
3: played by
2: the person known as uh, the following:
3: the Australian actress who is Uh, mm, (laughs) can't
2: Rachel Griffith.
3: Griffith, damn it. Yes. yes.
2: Sarah. Lauren Graham and John Colbert. Orbit. That's parenthood. It is.
4: I forget the fucking annoying son's name. Um, <laughs> I'm actually not sure I remember the daughter's name. Let's go with Amber. Yeah. Played by... Uh, May Whitman?
2: Her? <laughs> Her. <laughs> Three yes. points. All right. Good bring job. us into our penultimate score break for Tara. Yep. Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. and Joe Mantenga.
1: Mantenga? Mantegna?
2: Mantenga. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. They're wow. from Joan, yeah. Joan of Arcadia.
2: Yes.
1: I don't remember the other characters' names, so I have to go with Joan, played by Amber Tamblyn.
2: Three points. Kevin. Kevin. Jason Ritter. Jason Ritter. All right. Let's hear the scores. That was 45. (laughs) Everybody's got three questions left.
1: Okay. Omar has 25 points. Sarah has 29 points. I have 41 points. (laughs) Omar. And I feel like I can still win this.
2: Archer and Stephen Collins.
0: Ooh.
4: <laughs> oh. Uh, is Gross. that
3: Oh my god, aren't there like a million kids on the show? Uh is it Seventh Heaven? Mm. Oh, everyone No. <laughs> I no, I'm out of guesses, I have no idea what they're It's
1: it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah.
3: And uh yeah, so Dennis
1: <gasps> yeah. or D. Oh. Yeah. Does he think D is more obscure? Yes, I figured.
2: Yeah, I think he gives it.
3: D is his favorite character, so yeah, yeah, you know, that she gets the bonus point. Sure. I think. Would it that would it? Oh, never mind. Right. I was going to say Danny DeVito as a, as one of the parents. He's there.
1: He's
3: not, re, not not really adi- though. Yeah, right. yeah not,
1: not biological.
2: Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne and Jennifer Lewis. This is first. Lawrence
4: Fishburne and Jennifer Lewis. Yes. Can I have the show, please?
2: Blackish.
0: I
4: don't watch Blackish. Anthony Anderson?
1: Nice. Best
4: I can do.
2: Move on. (laughs) Play Dre. He plays Dre. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Uh, Three point was Rhonda Johnson, Raven Simone.
1: Ah, right. Ah.
2: Okay. Dan Loria Uh and Allie Mills.
1: Okay. They're the parents on The Wonder Years. Um, and I'm going to... S- oh, who would he have put in? Did he put in both of the other kids? Can you not answer that? What do you mean? Well, there are three kids.
2: Uh, there's only one alternate answer.
1: Okay. Um, I will guess Jason Hervey as Wayne. Wow. Hey. That nice. was
2: a three-point bonus.
1: What? Yeah, mm. Yeah. I don't make up nice. the rules. Thanks, Joe. This is...
2: Joe knows the stuff. Yeah, thanks. Uh bro. Omar. Judith Light and Alan Dale. Judith Light, is, Alan Dale.
3: Uh, is this who's the boss? That's
2: a good guess. Mm. Not correct. Any idea after that? That's a <laughs> lot of dots uh. you got to connect here,
3: though. <laughs> yeah. No. It's not transparent, so no, I don't know. Anybody?
2: No. That's Ugly Betty.
1: Oh, <laughs> Oh,
2: Daniel yeah. Mead, oh right, my right, god, Mabus, sure. Mabius, yeah, there is the theory of the Mabius, a loop in the fabric <laughs> of no, <never> <laughs> okay,
4: all right, uh, the alien theorists say yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Estelle Parsons and John Randolph, and this is for Sarah. What's wait, hang on a sec, is the game over?
1: I don't know how many questions are left. Hold on, like because I sat through a Norman
4: each. Lear documentary last week, so I know the answer to this shit. Okay, but wait, like hold, on, hold on, hold wait, on, wait, 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 hold on. What?
1: Let Sarah. What?
2: Mathematically, how many? You, how many are you leading by?
1: Um, like, seventeen.
2: Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> give you some clues.
1: Sarah, Sarah she God says she knows. She God just damn it! Just okay, give me. Okay, all right, all right, all right.
2: There is a good chance. Okay. That one of our past guests has masturbated. <laughs>
3: something in this. Right now. I'm sorry.
1: That's not how the story went at all.
3: Okay. (laughs) Please
2: answer. Sarah D. You know what? I was thinking of a totally different show. (laughs) Ah,
4: (laughs) Oh, God. I also don't remember exactly which show that um, different uh, stroke might have occurred to. (laughs) Uh, Have a character Yo, name, We'll please. do just that.
2: <laughs> All right. You, uh, let me give you another answer. There's one word that is the same in every answer here. Yeah. You could give the same word and get three points. I could give the same word. It's also a show points. you've
1: already mentioned in this episode.
2: Yep. That's Seinfeld. Also it famous for a baseball antict. antic.
1: The actor was. Yeah. Yep.
2: I don't know. Oh, okay. Here's a clue. I'm going to give you a clue. And then one? you have to guess the know. same thing for the other two answers. <laughs> Roseanne. <laughs> Is it Roseanne? And? And Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jackie was your one bonus ah, answer. Ah, sure. Okay. All right. Treat Williams and Brenda Strong, Tara.
1: Okay. This is Everwood.
2: And this is indeed Everwood.
1: Um, I will never remember the girl's name, so I'll say Ephraim, who is played by Gregory Smith.
2: Right. His good for three points. Delia. Delia.
1: Delia, but I can remember her at the... Uh, I mean, I didn't remember Vivian her. She had some
2: old lady named like Evelyn, didn't she?
1: It's Italian. I remember that.
2: Vivian Cardone or yeah. Cardone. Yeah, we were both right. Everybody's <laughs> last question coming up.
1: Okay. Omar,
2: God, it Nancy end. Walker, and Harold Gould. Mm. Wow. Deep cut. <laughs> deep cut.
1: Yeah.
4: Kid twist. Holy shit.
3: Is this... That's for a clue. One day at a time. It's not. You're in the right (laughs) era, though. Yeah. Different different Nancy. Uh... Now you're stuck at a blind stab. Yeah. Anybody?
1: Rhoda. This
2: is Rhoda. Yeah. Character Rhoda. Actor.
1: Um, Julie Kavner as Brenda. Is that the bonus question?
2: Uh, Well, the actor in question for for those was Valerie Harper. Right. And Brenda and Julie Kavner was your two-point bonus answer. Right. Sarah D. Bunting, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Samantha Smith. Huh. Shit. Show? Supernatural. (laughs) TV's (laughs) longest-running program started Ancient in aliens, 1901 etc <laughs> they did that uh, episode in their 7th uh, year when the Cubs won the World Series thanks to goats <laughs> uh-huh. and they're still going strong yeah the episode was actually etched into a wax tablet um, <laughs> it was uh, one of those those uh, Odeon yes a Nickelodeon
4: yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Sam and Dean Winchester yeah and I don't remember Sam's name, only his floppy hair and Dean is played by... Uh, fuck. I don't remember
2: his name. Well, you got remember. one point there. Uh, Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles yes! was Dean. Sam Winchester is Jared Pellet Padalecki. All oh, right, of course. Yeah. Last question of the game. Mm-hmm. Tara Ariano, Ed O'Neill, and Shelly Long.
1: Okay, they're from Modern Family. And I'm gonna say his more obscure one is probably Jesse Tyler Ferguson as Mitchell.
2: So that you could avoid saying
0: Julie Bowen.
2: <laughs> Correct, and that's good for one bonus point. So let's good hear the final scores. Tara. Thanks. Wow.
1: All right. Omar had 25. Sarah had 33. <coughs> I had 40, 54.
2: Okay. So time Thanks, for the shits and giggles. <laughs> All right. Yes. I'm mixing it up this week, first person to shout out the answer and get it right will get a steel meal.
4: Oh, steel meals are back! All
2: right, I'm going to read <laughs> the parents very quickly. First person to say any of the answers wins the steel meal. Tara, are you ready and locked in? Yeah. Omar, are you ready and locked in? Yes. Already bunting. Ready and locked in? Yep. Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle. Uh, Raymond. Raymond is correct. Good job. Good Everybody job. loves Raymond. Ray Romano, Raymond Barone. Value <laughs> guests now have a steel meal Could come in quite handy. But in the meantime, congratulations, Tara Ariano. We will Yay. start with Tara. Oh, I pressed the wrong one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Oh God! Can't
1: even go back to bed. There's so much laundry on it right now. <laughs> uh,
2: that is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We sketched out our impressions ah. of Saturday Night Live's seasons present and past before the blotter presented yet more Jean-Benet programming. The gang went around the dial with stops at Ancient Aliens, Planet Earth Two. Thank God, guys got got a black. A black up? We got kind of a back up. take a read The Crown and People <laughs> of Earth. My God, um, <laughs> <laughs> Omar successfully pitched
0: that.
1: <laughs> You're going to run out of <laughs> outro song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Successfully pitched (laughs) BoJack Horseman, the one with the fish and stuff, and there's winner-losers, and Tara was a winner of this (laughs) week.
1: Remember! (laughs) (laughs) We're
0: listening.
3: (laughs) Oh,
1: God.
0: (laughs) Oh,
3: no. I am David Teagle, and on behalf of Tara Arrieta.
2: Yeah. Steve <laughs> get to know me. And Omar <laughs> Gallagher.
3: I got to be honest, guys. I'm going to need more cowboys.
2: Oh, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you <laughs> next time.
3: Right here, our next for Hot Grade.
0: <laughs> no matter what size you
3: are, you'll still feel torn. <laughs> no, we're the only uh. store that accepts your unique body, unique. And try our tween girls department. Lil,
0: okay, no, I don't need this.
3: This has been a production of the Previously
0: Podcast Network.